Hey everybody, we're back. Welcome to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Before we get the evening started or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this, we want to give a shout out to a friend of ours who reached out to us uh, about some comments we made on the podcast last time. Uh, we, I posted on Instagram a video that came to us and we discussed it on the podcast about a gym that was broken into and graffitied. Um, we made comments because we thought it was Bruno Basto's gym and we actually found out it is not his gym, but a gym that he teaches at. So we just wanted to send out an apology to uh, Professor Bruno Bastos. We weren't trying to say that he was affiliated with what happened in any way. So apologies to the professor. I know he actually wants to come to the podcast and talk jujitsu anyway, so we look forward to that. So make sure you guys give a shout out to uh, Professor Bruno Bastos and uh, let him know you want to hear him on the podcast. Now, with that being said and brushed out of the way, we can uh, get to the sponsors. Pay us. Give us money. That's it. Good night. No, uh, actually, why don't you guys take the time to subscribe to the podcast? Guess what? We're on Spotify now, so you guys can listen to us on all sorts of different channels. So if you got a Spotify account with or without commercials, you can hit the follow button on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Google Play, iHeartRadio. I mean, all, all over the place. Like you, pretty soon we're we're gonna be in your dreams. So, just just go with it. I already am. Just go with it. Press the button. Let's give a shout out to Chokaloha. Chokaloha.com is the place where you want to go to get some of the newest gear, apparel, patches, all sorts of stuff. And if you use the promo code Jujitsu Radio, you get twenty percent off. They actually had a dope sale the other day. If you missed out, fifty percent off. I did miss out. Yeah, way to go. Well, I look. You suck at life. Whatever. Everybody else, uh, if you missed out on the 50% off sale, you can still get 20% off at Chocoloha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio. Shout out to Leah and the entire Chocoloha crew. Thank you so much for the support. Then go check out our homies over at Jujitsu Soap Co. John? Uh, John. Hey, John. What's up, John? Yo. That's how, that's how you would pronounce your name if you're like really heavy Spanish accent. John. What's up, John? Uh, Sean, what kind of soap do you use the one time of year that you use soap? What do I'll I use? I'll tell you what kind of soap you use. You use Jiu-Jitsu soap. you got to at least let me answer. No, it doesn't work that All way. Right. Go to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code Jeje Radio. Jeje? Jeje. I thought it was I told you. Jota, Jota. Jota, Well, Jeje is how you say Jota. That's how you say Jota. Say Jota. Jota. Okay. JJ Radio is the promo code. Yeah, just what? Well, you you kind of threw in like an extra, like alphabet letter in there, but it's all right. Use the promo code JJ Radio at JujitsuSoapCode.com and get yourself some bath bombs so you don't smell like a fart bomb. You can get yourself some awesome spray. They have some ghee spray so your ghee doesn't stink that much. You can throw that in your bag as well. They got all kinds of cool stuff. Hats too. I always rock my Jujitsu Soap. Come out with some underarm deodorant. I'm pretty sure that they're well that on their way to that. wouldn't be hard to do. I mean, if they have uh, I cologne will, sticks. I'll make sure to get you some for Christmas. You need a lot um, more. I, well, that's why I buy it. Me and too. I get it at discount, buddy, because I use the promo code JJRadio at JujitsuSoapCo.com. Shout out to JujitsuSoapCo. And then go check out our homies over at Giraffe Choke. Use the promo code JJRadio and get 20% off your entire order. The discount ends at the end of this month, and then you're going to miss out on all the classic Giraffe Choke gear because they're coming out with even newer designs. So if you like a shirt or a hat, pick it up now before it's too late because we're old school G's, so we keep the old school hat like my heel hook hat that I have here. Got to love it. 
So shout out to GiraffeChoke.com. Go ahead and give them support and follow them online, just like the rest of our sponsors. Check out Nomad Surf Shop when you come down here. You're going to hang out with Sean and I. We're going to go surfing. We go surfing. Go paddleboarding. Go paddleboarding. I'll get you a boogie board. You can uh, boogie maybe, board. Maybe we'll go bomb the parking garage on my skateboard. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while, so we yeah, definitely got to do that. But you can go pick up a board of any kind at Nomad Surf Shop when you come down here. You let them know we sent you. You'll get 10% off. But if you are a baller and you don't mind paying full price, you can always check out NomadSurf1968.com and pick up some of the latest surf beach gear. Sean loves his brand new two-piece bikini that he rocks out on the beach. Who goes two-piece? That's so passe. I'm a one-piece. You're a one-piecer. Yeah, just let the girls out. Well, what? No. <laughs> Shout out to Nomad Surf, the staple for the South Florida surfing community since 1968. Don't forget to follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. Follow us at Jiu-Jitsu Radio, and you can follow me at Sonder Marketing on Instagram as well. Check out all the behind-the-scenes of the photo shoots. Uh, this weekend, we got some cool stuff that we're taking photos of as well, so you can check it out. And today, we have a special guest. Do you want to introduce our special guest? No. All right. Fair so, enough. He can do himself. Wow. He's got you a microphone. What do I got to do with my work? Am I really a special guest? Is everybody a special guest, or is no, it just me? No, I think that some people are just guests. Just Other guests? people are special guests. All right. So I guess we'll wait for the introduction then for the actual show to start. Sounds like a plan. Let's let it rock. You can't need <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, living in right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! All right, we're here. We're cool. not we're queer. No, I don't well, know you. Maybe. Are, maybe. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> a wet right? set of lips is a wet set of lips. That's the best like uh, trivia team that I ever heard. Was the names like I'm not gay, but five bucks is five bucks. Like. It's an instant win. It's true. All right, so we have a guest here today. Sir, please introduce yourself. Um, my name is Jason Parsons. Jason, where are you from? Um, gosh, let's see. Born and raised in Southern California. I moved to Las Vegas many moons ago. Date myself. That was in 93 after I got out of high school. Uh, to go to school at UNLV. Um, went to school there for a while. I started off with a double major in particle physics and electrical engineering. Super dork. My grandfather actually was a rocket scientist. Really? And I uh, thought I wanted to do that. but 1.21 uh, gigawatts. Get a little closer there. That isn't really gigawatts. Yeah. That gigawatts. is the biggest um, misnomer in movies next to... Um, there's another big misnomer, but it's not gigawatts. What is it then? Giga. It's gigawatts. Yeah, giga. Yeah. yeah, they didn't even know back then. It was just like no one knew how to say it. It's like GIF. I'm sure they did. It's no, nobody in Hollywood knew how to say no, it. No, they didn't know it. Anyway, so you so, went. So I started off being a giant nerd, and then I got really bored with calculus classes and figured, God, I'm going to change my major. This is terrible. And uh, proceeded to go get my bachelor's in exercise science and my master's in kinesiology because I like going to the gym. Right. I like working out. My counselor said, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. I like going to the gym. Cool. Here, let's go do this. So do the two actually like intertwine by any means? <sighs> Remarkably so. Um, I think on a daily basis, having worked with athletes for the past 25 years, I've used more physics than anything else. And uh, 
as surprising as that sounds, especially when it comes to things like jujitsu and combat sports in general, physics is a very important piece of the puzzle. That was a lot of P's in one place, by the way. <laughs> Alliteration is good. Yes. It's tickling my, my beard on here. It's kind of funny. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, no, it, no. Jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is an art of angles. It's, 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 even though it's, 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 a, it's a physical and, like, the, the human body is moldable. But there's only certain a certain number of angles that something can move before something breaks. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, some engineering to it. There, well, of course. And then you got you know, there's fulcrum. You know, we got fulcrum. I feel points. like you're pulling. You're trying so hard to pull like these like fucking things out of your ass. Right no, because I talk about this in class all the time about fulcrum points. Why an arm bar works. Why if you can get the other arm. It's body mechanics behind yeah. the yeah. other arm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's the big part. Like yeah. you said, biomechanics, understanding. Uh, some physics, leverage points, things like you said, the lever points. Um, but when you look at the body and the way it's set up, looking at the difference between a shoulder joint versus an elbow joint versus a wrist joint and how they're meant to move versus how they're not meant to move, right. if we look at how we apply that in jiu-jitsu, judo, and other such things. So you uh, actually train, though? Certainly, yes, yes. And, and it's interesting enough, I started training jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, variety of other martial arts, um, because... I wanted to be able to train the athletes. I've trained athletes, football, basketball, baseball, the big three, soccer, rugby, uh, lacrosse, track, um, bodybuilding, if you want to call that a sport. Mm. Uh, if you run around yeah, bikini, well, you know, I, I'm, that's I just do. the guys. <laughs> I, was, I was in it deep enough, so I do. Absolutely. I've been there. I'm not in a bodybuilder, but right. in bodybuilding. Hey, well, well, I mean, let's not get out of All hand right, here. Right, well. <laughs> <laughs> so the best way for me to apply the understanding I had of the body was to make sure I was able to practically engage with it myself. So I've been on the mats because I wanted to be able to make sure that I wasn't just taking theory and information from a book, but was able to actually interact with it and, and make sure it was something that was practically applicable with people. Right. And I mean, it also buys you credibility because you're not just coming in from a third party perspective. Certainly. Certainly. So where did you train? Um, I started off at Vanderlei Silva's gym in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, and then I spent the last few years before I left Las Vegas at Robert Drysdale's gym. I was a strength conditioning coach over there for that team. Um, I worked with you know, 150, 200 guys, mostly amateurs out of Vegas, Vegas being an epicenter for MMA and, of course, a lot of jiu-jitsu schools out there. So yeah. a lot of people I worked with through a lot of years out there. Um, coming out here, I know a lot of people, but I, I, I kind of semi-retired, not really working with the athletes unless it's a friend, somebody that I enjoy spending time with. I'm happy to help them with that. Um, 25 years in the game. It's, it's, uh, it's time. That's a lot of yeah. knowledge. That you it's time for me to relax a little bit. That's the way I look at it. 25, <laughs> you know what, though? You're younger than me. If you graduated in 93. I mean, that's not too difficult. 25 years, that's really not that long. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it. You know, uh, I, I blink of an eye, I went from coming from high school, going to school, and now, poof, I'm here. Um, my thirst for understanding and knowledge, I, I read every day. I'm diving through books, going through videos. I just, you know, got through the, the sixth uh, video series from Donaher the other day. Yeah. You know, uh, pops I'm out the arm, arm bar, pops out. I'm like, so yes, got it down. It's so good. <laughs> Did you start watching the Gordon Ryan video? Yes, yeah? yes. Got yeah. his for guard passing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been, Vincent. like, watching those, like, fucking nonstop. I just watch and then go back. All right, let me see it all over again. Certainly. So I get an engraved. So it's funny, though. I've been to Vanderlei's gym yeah. in Vegas. And it's like, yeah, well, that's where that's I got where my, the sock. my dick sock came yeah. from. So, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 
when I went to the gym, to Vanderlei's gym, I was actually working for Flex Lewis. Okay. Right? And that um, our buddy, like my friend Ryan Loco, was doing a photo shoot. And he's like, oh, come with me. So we were actually doing a photo shoot, or I was helping him do a photo shoot with uh, Dallas McCarver at the time. Yeah. And it was in Vanderlei's gym. Yeah. So we walked in, and it's funny because, like, I guess right next door, they used to shoot, like, porns and stuff. Down oh, yeah. the street, like a little bit, is uh, Floyd's gym. Yeah. Well, it's right there on the strip. I mean, yeah. you can see the freeway. You walk out the door, and poof, there's a strip right outside of Vanderlei's. So what he's talking about is when we went, uh, I forget the, the coach's name off the top of my hand. He's, like, he's there, and they had a table with all this, like, different gear on sale. So there was – I had a cell phone case. There was all kinds of stuff. And I saw these three little, like, tube socks looking things. But they were about there this were Enough to put, like, a phone in. Like the barely, old iPhone. Barely. It was like, they're literally like, it was okay. like this big. Okay. And it was in a shape of a sock with no heel to it. So it looked like <laughs> a tube. So we're like, um, hold on. What is this? <laughs> it's He's not like, labeled. What are we doing here? Right, no, nobody knew what it was. He's like, well, everybody's trying to figure out what it was. So it turns out like Vanderlei's wife or whatever, she like when they had the gym, they just wanted to buy a bunch of like promo items yeah. so they just bought whatever that was super cheap and that was one of them but people were like it's a cell phone i was like bro this is a dick sock. yeah like yeah. for sure this and it had his it's logo. A multitasker come on it's got his logo at the tip i was like this has got to be like something you wear like when you're weighing in and you don't ever want everybody 100%. To see you don't need the towel anymore throw on your vandalay right. yeah well, Boom. you know so like i'm like oh there's only three so i bought one for for sean and one for our boy tom and one for myself that's just amazing to say have, so I don't know where my where my dick your sock dick sock went. is. Come know. on, man, that's you gotta hold on. Did to you that try stuff. to put it on? Be honest. Did you try to put it on? <laughs> that's that's a no. That's like that's a no, but he doesn't. That's a non-answer right there. That's a yes. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely tried. I have it on right now. Thank you. Especially I, when it's cold out, it works. It for sure works. <laughs> but you just remind girls, me. Girls, like, girl, oh, girls in Florida break out Uggs when it gets below seventy. Yeah, I break out the dick socks. Why not? It's a festival out there. But yeah, that gym was actually, that's a really nice gym. Yeah, I really enjoy, I actually uh, started working there. Um, mm. Vanley brought me in, he was a friend, I knew a friend of a friend, and uh, they wanted me to come help run their business. I've run gyms my whole life, so I started off working personal training, then I was training trainers, then I was creating education platforms and, and go around to gyms and help their businesses work better. So through the grapevine, Vanley found out about me and had me come over and help them to start to build their business. Because when he first started, he had a bunch of money yeah. and idea. But, you know, he had his whole family running the place, and they weren't that's, necessarily that's the best. Never bit, not the best idea, right? So, um, not that I'm against nepotism all the time, <laughs> but. but. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I went in there and helped out with that situation and uh, ended up sort of, you know, training in there as well. Um, and, and it's just a wonderful gym, really. They put it, it's yeah. a beautiful place, great location. It's wonderful for people that are traveling, tons of people that come yeah. in town. It's the closest gym to any place on the Strip. So you can pop right over there and go in there, and it's a great place. And, and Vanderlei, you know, uh, being a longtime fan of his in MMA, the first time I met him, um, I was actually at a different store, at a different gym in their pro shop, and he walked up next to me, and I was talking to my friend, and I turned around, and Vanley's right there. And if you haven't met him and you don't know him, and all you've seen is him fighting and, and you know yeah. killing people and eating them. Uh, <laughs> the greatest nickname around. in MMA. I don't care yeah, what anybody says. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Greatest nickname yeah. ever. I turn around and see him, and, and I almost shit my pants because he's standing around. He's like, ah, so starstruck and scared to death at the yeah. same time. Bad combo, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, hope I didn't have Taco Bell for lunch. This Can could be bad. Can you imagine if you were talking about a fight that he was oh. in, like, just when he Oh, yeah. Out. Remember when Vitor whooped his head? Oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's time for him to retire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How are you? 
But then you meet him and you're after them, and he's the nicest guy in the oh, world. Yeah. Every time he comes into the gym, he runs around and hugs and handshakes every single person in the facility before he starts doing anything. Such an amazing guy. I really, I really was thankful yeah. and appreciative that I got to have the opportunity to work with him there um, and to train in the place. So. Yeah, I've never heard anyone really say anything bad about the guy. I think the most bad press he ever really got was the fight that he had with Chael Sonnen. <laughs> during the filming, not like yeah. the fight itself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when he did, he went for the takedown. He was acting like all tough. Like people were just shitting on him. Well, I think that was more. No, the, for what, the cameras. I think what he did was more for the cameras, but he got some legitimate backlash from people. Oh yeah. That. And then it somehow managed to flip Chael being the hero of the whole thing. It was yeah. Go figure. Yeah, you couldn't have scripted better. He's like, I'm just gonna take this and run. Well, you know what turned to he what turned him heel. Huh. Was his boy jumping in and yeah. throwing shots? Yeah. yeah, that's that's the part that made it made everybody go, "Oh, that's horseshit." Yeah, well, it worked out, man. It definitely worked out. I just felt really bad with that last fight that he had. That's yeah. an unfortunate thing. You see a lot of your heroes, if you will, in, in in the mixed martial arts game, get to the peak, do so well, and then they just hold on for a little too long. BJ Penn. Yeah, well, we talked about that one. Like he's. Stop! <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't know. Like I, so we talked about like there are fighters. Last time, last uh, show, we talked about there are fighters, and then there are athletes who fight. Yes, that's absolutely. Bj Penn is a fighter. Absolutely, that's who he is. Yeah. That's that's. So I can understand the the desire to want to still do certainly. That. It's Especially in his DNA, when, right? Yeah, it's in the DNA, and you and he probably but feels, I mean, and it's also you started so young and that was the kind of personality he had he was a scrapper yeah he got into fights all the time then it became a career and yeah. it became world famous for it and he broke all kinds of records like it's kind of hard to step away it's like he's watching like an, an old rock star like you see the yeah. rolling stones like going at it's like bro you're you're gonna but what, you know, what's funny is that's the most impressive part to me about bj penn isn't him becoming a world championship, a world champion in MMA was the, the winning the world championship oh, yeah. jiu-jitsu so after young. four years of training. Yes, yeah. and he was being the first American to do it. First exactly. American to do it. There, there's only been four, three others since. Yep. Yeah, yep. three others since BJ Penn did it in what 96, 97? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, three other people since then. Yeah. No, it's look. He he's legitimate. I definitely think that he should have hung it up like a while ago, but we'll see what happens, man. This next fight, even look at the Ryan Hall fight. I said it too. It's like there's not a chance. There's not a chance <laughs> that he was gonna sit there and survive that fight. Yeah. No matter which way, yeah. whether he wanted to take it to the ground or wanted to well, stand and he did up. The, what's funny is it shows you how the game of jujitsu evolves. Oh, yeah, move past him. And right? move yeah. past him Absolutely. because he did the exact wrong thing. Oh, 100 percent. Wrong direction. Yeah, wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bad. I mean, and it's happened to a to a ton of guys that I mean, even the the evolution for, for women's MMA. Look at how many times Misha Tate got her ass kicked. Yep. But she kept grinding and grinding. She's like, I need to work on my wrestling and work on my wrestling. I gotta work on my striking, worked on my striking and my jujitsu. And she ended up coming back, whooped up Rhonda. And then it goes back to uh, or no, she beat up um, Holly Holm. Holly Holm. And then uh, Amanda Nunez the whole time was just she was already starting up from the get-go she was working on everything at the same time and now she's way ahead of everybody else well, mean, I, well, what the knock on Amanda was was her her gas 
Like if yeah. you if you could survive that first round with Amanda. Yeah, and she had to deal with like the bullshit because about like getting the sinus infections and stuff. Well, no, like I'm that. not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the way it, the what what you could survive her first round. You yeah. could survive the fight, and you could probably win the fight. Yeah. But now with Phil, she's she's yeah. bumped up, man. Her yeah. her se- that Absolutely. last fight, she she um. That was one of the most impressive things I've seen. Not the one, not the not the uh, cyborg. Oh my goodness! The fuck out! Like that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. but she cyborg, cyborg. That's what happened. Yeah, Yeah. that's what happened. (laughs) I remember, like we were talking about, it's like, man, people don't know because I've seen her train. I've been at the gym. Yeah, like people don't know what she's got and how she handles people. So to sit there and see it in front of everyone's like I told you that's a the bonus about what I do is that I get to kind of go into all these gyms and really see people like work. It's like shit. The stuff that you see like in front of the TV is completely different than it's what true. goes on backstage. Well, anybody that trains and also competes, even if it's amateur relative to the professional, the work is done in the gym. Yeah. The work is done with your training partners, grinding day in, day out, eating how you need to eat. Chicken fingers. Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, talking, you're talking to the chicken finger champ. <laughs> exactly. Right the hard work is done far before you get onto the stage for competition. That's just the reality of it. So when you see these people, the casual observer, the person that's sitting in the, uh, you know, the armchair calling out, eh, yeah. eh, you know, booing when they're on the ground. It's uh, like, stop it, first of all, before we throw you in the octagon. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is, you, you, like you said, you get to see it when it's happening, the training, and, and it, you can tell. You can yeah. tell really quickly. But it goes even deeper the fact that I train, and then I get to train with some of like, the pros and then seeing the real, and not top seeker, but the real behind the scenes pros, yeah. like training, yeah. that shit's a whole different level. So I remember when I was doing the photo shoot with Gilbert, I don't think you were there yet. I was doing a photo shoot with Gilbert here for, for Tatami. Yeah. And Gilbert was just dead, exhausted. He, he had already done two training sessions that yep. day, like one training and then a weightlifting session. Work like training with the kids, having his kids, going to church, stuff like that. So he was just exhausted. And my dad starts fucking with him. My dad's worked his whole life. He's been doing manual labor his whole life. But he, I don't, he's never seen that. He used to play rugby, but yeah. he's never seen what athletes nowadays go through. So he's like, oh, you're tired, huh? Tough day working out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. And props to Gilbert for being super patient and just like kind of rolling with it. Yeah. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And most people don't. You know, that's actually why I gravitated over to working with combat athletes, specifically mixed martial artists and yeah. jiu-jitsu practitioners from other sports. Uh, because for me, it was a great challenge. There is no more complex training than what happens with mixed martial artists. There is not. They are the most dynamic athletes there are, period, of any athletic endeavor you can partake in. Because it takes place in every different aspect of human performance from aerobic to anaerobic challenges to strength, power, uh, strength, endurance. You know, every aspect of, of human capability is taxed to its limits uh, with mixed martial arts. And so as a strength conditioning coach and a trainer of athletes at high levels, it becomes this Rubik's Cube, this puzzle, this really challenging thing that for me, as I said, I've been doing this a long time, 25 years plus, um, sometimes it gets boring with the same old, same old. 
clients yeah. with the same old, same old athletes, getting an offensive lineman in the football arena. You know, it's, eh, there's only so much that needs to be done there. You just repeat it, set and repeat versus you get a mixed martial artist. And then especially look at what their specialty areas are mm. in their fight game. There's so much more that I have to wrap my head around to help bring them to the next level. You have to really pull a, an incredible balance between strength, conditioning, balance, flexibility, like so and then finding the weakness, exploiting the strengths, all Absolutely. sorts of stuff. Absolutely. It's, it's, well, it's really a wonderful thing. I think the biggest, the biggest problem in MMA is the fact that most head coaches of the fighters don't work closely closely enough with the strength and conditioning. That's absolutely. Coach. I completely agree with you. When you look at the most successful fighters and their fight camps or teams, they work as a cohesive unit. Right. The nutritionist that specializes in, yeah. in sports nutrition works with the strength conditioning coach that specializes in that, that works with the individual uh, art coaches and then the head coach sort of works with all of them together and they, they coordinate hey you're doing an extra strength conditioning today that's gonna work on this part of the body we're gonna make sure we have a lower intensity sparring session today because we want to juxtapose those together you know you have to work as a team to be able to take these elite athletes to where they need to be at the world professional level and unfortunately i agree with you there's mm-hmm. so few of those going on out there uh, that uh, it's it's almost a crapshoot for a lot of these people yeah. to accidentally stumble into because these fight these fighters are killing themselves. I watch yeah. the way they train. Yeah, and they kill themselves on the mats. They which first of all, I think they train too hard on the mats. Hundred percent, way too hard on the mats because they. The, my my theory is if you want to get good or if you want to win, most of your work is done off the mat. In the not so much the weight room, but it, you know, with your strength and conditioning, yeah, everything that happens on the mat should be drilling and, and light enough sparring where you don't da- endanger. Yeah, and don't don't, don't damage the vehicle. Certainly, right, certainly. Exactly. Well, I told you one of the the best pieces of advice I ever got was from Gilbert, and he said to me, "It's the." The strength and conditioning aspect of it is you're not training for the fight. You're training to prepare to train for the fight. So I'm doing the, the weightlifting and the conditioning so I can train. And that's what's getting me ready for the fight. And which is better than saying, oh, I'm training to fight. No, yeah. it's you're, you're really doing the strength and conditioning to be able to get as much as you can out of Certainly. a training session. Strength conditioning is about preparing your body to perform at the optimal level in a sustained manner. Right. Anybody can go out for 10 seconds and put out a maximum effort. Fights aren't 10 seconds, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. depending on which you, unless which you're, you're fighting. Rumble. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're rumble. Exactly. Or are you fighting BJ Penn? <laughs> yeah. Now for sure. So to prepare to take your skills that you've developed with your skill coaches and your years and years of training as a martial artist, you want to be able to take those skills and apply them against somebody that's resisting at the highest level as long as necessary to achieve the end goal of winning. Well, if you do watch Kamaru's thing on Joe Rogan, yes, and he talked about that when he goes to train because he can't run, he can't do all the traditional cardio stuff. Uh-huh. When he trains, he goes all out right away from the get go. So then he's spent, and then the rest of the training session just becomes that cardio. It's interesting you say that, and I haven't watched that episode, but that's one of the premises I've often had with my strength conditioning around jiu-jitsu specifically is I like to fatigue my athletes up front and then have them focus on their technique after that so mm. that they're not trying to muscle through things. Yeah. <laughs> Being large guys on the mat, sometimes we 
use our body weight, use our muscles. Yeah. I know I have for many years, and I have to tell myself, stop doing that. If you're not, if you're not catching the thing in the right position and you're not timing it right, you don't have the technique, yeah. don't just try and muscle it. Don't force it. Because that's not what this is about. It's the gentle art, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> I spent, what, the first two and a half years just training with Sean. Yeah. So, I mean, we were the biggest guys on the mat, so I'd always train with Sean. It's like, okay. I know that he's going to kick my ass. I can't muscle it. I know that I can't. So I'd always look for the, the tiny little like spots yeah. where I could at least get a grip here or yeah. a grip there. Whether I have it for a second or five, it doesn't matter. But I know, okay, now I started getting my timing and I started understanding more and yeah. more. But big guys against big guys, it's man, it's so <laughs> tough to fight that battle of don't muscle it, don't muscle it's it. It's true. It's true. And you can ask any large, muscular, strong athlete, you know, they're going to say, yeah, I, I do use my strength and power to my advantage. You, you, you kind of have to. It is an athletic endeavor. And you so can't you want help to. it sometimes. It's just, yeah. I, it's like, it's like uh, Andre the Giant said in Princess Bride, I can't help it if I'm the biggest and strongest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's just, the, you know, I don't, just being my size, yes. it being just, inside control. 100%. Yeah. Well, my, my 10% is different than your 10%. Yep. It's right. just the ability to sit there and change it. Let me ask you a question, a little bit offshoot, because I had this debate about a month or so ago. And since we're talking about high-level athletes, I have a couple of friends that are Olympic athletes. One of them is a silver medalist. She's gone to the Olympics a bunch of times. Sport? Volleyball. Okay. But I got into a debate about the likelihood of starting a sport and who could achieve a gold medal faster. Would it? I said it is easier to uh, what's the the skiing thing um, where you like you ski, stop, you shoot the target, then uh, keep the biathlon skiing, or the biathlon, right? Yeah. It's easier to train and become a gold medalist in a biathlon than it would be to train and become a gold medalist in ping pong. Interesting. Um, the, uh, you know, those are those are very interesting sports Completely that you chose separate. to speak to because right. both of them are very skill dependent. Right. Skills are things that you acquire via nervous system conditioning over years. You know, it's doing your jujitsu and catching right. a certain move, your eyes closed and not muscling. You can feel, you know, it's just repetition is the mother of skill, right? Ping pong, man, not a lot of athletic necessity. There's a lot of quickness and reactivity, right? And that's not something I feel that you could easily train quickly. Like to build that kind of reflexive speed and yeah. intuition, yeah. to me is a lot harder than to build the cardio that or it endurance. Would take. That's what they do. Right? Yeah. That's what that is. That's about yeah. endurance and being able. To, yeah. what, what's in, what that sport has is endurance and then having to biathlon or yeah biathlon yeah. and then having to bring, bring your down, heart rate yeah. down enough that you can right. exactly you but can relax to i shoot. still Very think true. that's easier to build endurance and cardio and have some kind of a control than it is to build a reflexive speed and to have the cardio to withstand yeah. i would have, i would agree yeah, with I, th that. I think so i think so oh, i can't Wait yeah. to tell her this. She's gonna be yeah. so pissed. <laughs> it's it's an interesting you know, just those two that you chose those sports very yeah. interesting because of the dynamics within right. each one of them. And just became well, it just came well, into Well most people don't look at ping pong as a sport. But if you've ever played ping pong oh, against man. somebody that knows what they're yeah. doing, they're running you all over the place. You feel like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky if, you're, if you hit the ball. One it's time, because it's because it's by accident. Yep. <laughs> it's like, no. oh, I just happened to have the, the yeah. paddle in the right spot. Yeah. And there's there's a new guy. I mean, I used to play a lot. I never competed or anything like that, but I used to love ping pong. But there's a new guy. He had some weird motion that it looks 
like he's hitting the ball to make it spin a certain way, but he's actually faking it. And pulling it so, back the other right, way. So <laughs> literally the split second before the ball touches, he can make it look like wow. it's just a reaction time. So when you go to do the counter, you go the wrong just, direction. It yeah. doesn't matter. So there's nothing you can do because you see that motion, yeah. you automatically think, "Oh, I got to do this." And when it's you insane. have things that are happening that fast, like baseball, right? Reacting right. to a pitch, a fastball, you have to predict what's going to happen with that pitch, or in this case, with that ball coming at you, and right. act before it even happens because it's so quick. You couldn't wait to see it. You have to basically guess where it's going to go. Right. So he's faking with that hand gesture. You're you reacting can't. before it comes at you, and they're like, "Oh no, it's over there, buddy." Sorry. And see, that's that's another <laughs> debate I used to have a long time ago is that it would be easier for an athlete to take a few years and come back and play football than it would be for someone to be a walk-on in baseball because of the reaction speed that you need to hit and a ball. What kind of, well, you mean a, a, an athlete that, an used, athlete to play, ju- like, that right. used to play football? If you used to, let's say you used to play either football or, or baseball in college. You played two years, you were great, but you just decided I'm out five, six, seven years down the road, you say, I want to go back and play. I can still handle it. I think you're better off trying to get into football. And I don't being think so. Certain aspects of well, it. Because depends you get, on your position. It Dep- right, yeah. depends yeah. on the position. Yeah. True. But every five years, these players get bigger, faster, stronger. Everything changes. Remember, it used to be having to be 400 pounds. And That's being true. Able to run. O-line. And there was a guy that was 400 pounds. He ran a, a 4-4-3 or something like Good that. Good Lord. So it happens. Well, do you remember Eric Swan? Yeah. yeah. He who just played two years of of junior college and then yep. got got drafted into the pros yeah. just on his combine numbers. Yeah. yeah. You know, basically he was just a specimen. Have you ever been to XPE? Huh. Check out XPE in Boca. Yeah. Uh, a majority, of, not a majority, I would say a large number of the top ten draft picks every yeah. year come out of XPE. Yeah. And yeah. Tony and uh, Craig and David and all the guys that train there, their system is so crazy. And it's, it's very simple. They never train them in some crazy thing, but I watched them train so many guys. Number well, one, when number you have two, a system three. down, you, yeah. you just you know set and repeat, and, it, and if it works, it works. Yeah. And you you uh, train out here uh, at Combat Club, right? Um, I intermittently go in there. I was yeah. over at ATT before they moved with Pahumpa over there for a while. Um, at the house, we got the whole front room matted out with our yeah. TV up so we can watch, you know, down her up on the screen. Hey, and have my wife choke me out repeatedly, unfortunately. Funny. <laughs> well, so here, here's a question. When, when you um, first started training, let's, let's, let's say jujitsu athletes. Yeah. So that's when you started training. What was the biggest revelation that you got from training that made you go, well, that won't work or, oh, I better do this instead of that? Um, I would say mostly... The surprise, if you will, would be with Guy. Um, the different guards people would play and the grip differences. Um, you know, playing your sp- spider guard, if you got some kind of weird worm guard you're doing. Thanks, Keenan. Um, the necessity of grip training specific to that uh, technique that you prefer was much greater than what I had originally assumed. Um, in my casual observation, you know, I spent a lot of time observing a variety of techniques and a variety of people training. I went to many different schools and sat through a hundred hours of just watching and taking notes and watching, taking notes and asking questions and watching video to try and, you know, deduce what I believe were some of the most key aspects of working with these athletes. But until I got in there and actually partake in the you know specifically again the gi training the and the grip strength necessary and the grip strength endurance and the build up of 
additional tissues on your mm-hmm. hands and your knuckles and your uh, these types of things until that became more clear from practical application doing it um i didn't know like i needed to know which was the very reason why i did mm-hmm. it um and i had to be there that way i was able to grasp it a little bit better modify my training and uh get better results because of that you know? let me ask you a question just because you brought it up and it's one of those things that i've always looked at different ways that different athletes work on grips what do you feel is probably the most effective way to increase your not only your grip strength but your grip endurance so this is a a, a, probably one of the most consistently maligned but necessary parts of exercise science there's a principle in exercise science we call the said principle s-a-i-d it's an acronym stands for specific adaptation to the imposed demand so the specific adaptation getting better at something Mm -hmm. what your end goal is is based on the imposed demand the thing you do is what you get better at Mm -hmm. if you want to be better at swimming don't go play basketball you want to be better yeah exactly so you have to line up as closely identically to the end game that you want to have the thing that you're doing to get better at it. So the best thing you could do to be better at your spider guard grip strength is do a lot of spider guard. The next best thing still needs to be as close to that as possible. Mm-hmm. And that means utilizing the hand positions that you would have in gripping for your lassos, the material on the fingers. So if you're gonna do something like a, a pull-up, do it with geese over the top of the bar, yeah, right? Yeah. So that you're gripping the same way because a fully closed hand on a gi is very different than a closed hand around a bar. Right. Yeah. Right? Very dynamically different. You don't want to get good at this if this is what you're doing here. Right. right. So using that said principle as the base premise for developing techniques for training grip strength, it starts with what do you want to be better at? What's your game that you play? Right? Are you no gi? Are you gi? What are your techniques that you prefer? Right? And so as I analyze an athlete, look at what they want to be better at, we start with that, obviously. Mm. More time on the mat makes you better at being on mm. the mat. We step back from that. We start to go layers back from there. Um, strength endurance was your question. Well, strength endurance means being able to be strong at something, hold on to that grip for as long as possible as necessary. Mm-hmm. Again, building that up through not only training, but getting into things like static holds with kettlebells or dumbbells, um, plates, pinching plates, uh, holding, hanging from geese, you know, yeah. do it, ch- swapping out variety of exercise with cables and other such things using gi grips that you can have. So those kinds of things, um, they have to line up in, in, in succession from the, the exact thing you want to be better at right. and slowly work to less and less similar. So what's, yeah. what's funny is, is I, I've, I've created a workout program at, at my gym called the Viking Warrior Workout. Yeah. Um, it was basically taking, you know, the stuff that you see most people do, the, that uh, high-intensity functional training uh-huh. stuff, um, and modifying it to what, like, something that a Viking would have done, you know, a thousand years ago. We line to up today. skulls and just... Fair enough. I but, like that. Um, I like that. What what I what I did notice is everything that I did worked the grip. So like I did I did the the hitting the tire with the hammers uh-huh. grip. Then I went going to the ropes uh-huh. grip. Then uh, farmers walk Absolutely. grip. Then I was doing pull ups um, or hangs yes. grip. So basically, what I did is I started training my grip unconsciously, and Absolutely. then once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm just. And then we got I have a rock climbing wall in uh, our gym. Yeah. So what we do is instead of doing rock climbing wall, we'll do I'll have them do squats on the wall where they'll 
they got to hold on to the wall and then do squats at the same time. Gotcha. Which, in order to do that, you're you gotta, using your fingers are locking, locking your fingers. Life. And it was like I was like surprised at like how hard it was on everybody's grips. Everybody kept going, oh, yeah. oh, my forearms, my yeah, forearms, yeah. And, and me from training gi for the last so ten years, I was just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But you know the the thing is too is so. The reason why I asked is because that's one of those things that I always looked at. I've busted my fingers up so many times. Like, I've broken my fingers. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, over that's why I have grips. to wear the ring on the other hand because this one doesn't work anymore. Right. It won't straighten. No, it's the same thing with me. Like, I got stuck like this for, for like a year. So I started studying who's the next best or the who else uses grips as much as we do. Yeah. And it's mountain climbers. Absolutely. So what do they do? Because then you start seeing they'll lock themselves in just by doing this. Mm -hmm. Or they'll do a weird grip on the inside where they just come in and they just swell their hand up. Yeah. So then I started watching, okay, well, how do they train? Well, they have the little bars that they put up on a wall. So it'll just be a, a flat piece of wood and a notch that comes out. And it'll be a three-inch grip, two-inch grip, yeah. one-inch grip, yeah. stuff like that. Different lengths of the finger involved in right. it over time. And that's the thing that's always been like, I mean, look at my fingers. I have super long fingers. Yeah. For me to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to hang on something like that. I'm not stupid. I snapped enough fingers. I've done it already. <laughs> so, okay, well, how can I start doing that? So I started looking at it and looking at it different ways. Yep. Then even as far as old kung fu training where they would sit there just grab sand and yeah, just rice squeeze or sand mean, right. various things like I that yeah start digging it i think there's value to looking at if you will cross training utilizing right. techniques found in other sports or athletic endeavors or martial arts like you're right. saying in kung fu and whatnot um but again it's important that we have the mentality of what is the end game what's the final result i'm looking for right what do i want to be great at what's the thing and if you can see that analyze that and and make sure that what you're doing is somehow lined up with it it's not way over here in left field yeah. you're probably gonna get a positive result it may not be optimal or the best thing but it's really hard to ever get that other than doing the thing you know mm -hmm. you want to be better at spider guard you gotta do spider guard sorry right. that's what's gonna be the best thing for it. that really is yeah how far back we step from that that's what determines the value of an activity it's something interesting a lot of athletes that i've worked with didn't realize is every time i work with somebody i have no clue what i'm gonna do with them hey what's what what, do you, what would you do with me with a program I'm like i have no idea i gotta see i need you. to know everything about you before i can even start yeah. and i'm probably gonna guess at first like i'm not gonna pay you to guess i'm like yes you are yeah. because that's all any of us do is we start off with well in my experience both with my education and the things i've done with other people this seems like it might be right for you based on my analysis but i don't know yet we need to actually try yeah. it and see well well, it could be things like, okay, well, we're going to do this exercise. Well, I can see you're bad at this exercise because your flexibility, your hip mobility Certainly. is bad. So now you got to take a step back yes. and work on the hip mobility. Ooh, regressive before, or progressive yeah. based on your performance. And heaven forbid, you know, the fun and exciting part I love, one of the things I enjoy the most about working with combat sports athletes is they're messed up. They're busted. Yeah. I, I can speak from experience. There's very yeah. few things on me that haven't been ripped or torn or jacked up or busted yeah. current times even, right? So with that being said, I might have a great plan of attack for somebody and then I get like, oh, you can't even put your hand over your head? Great. We're not doing that exercise, are yeah. we? So the need to modify what would be optimal to work with a human being in front of you is a very key part of being a great coach, regardless of what it is. I mean, even getting on the mats with your, your trained technique, you might have a technique that we're doing for class and it just doesn't work for this person over here because their arms are too short or too long or whatever it might be. We need to adjust on the fly. And so understanding the technique or the activity I'm trying to partake with my clients and my athletes the best, um, I need to modify accordingly. So that, that yeah. makes it fun for me as far as I'm concerned. So what do you think is the biggest mistake where we're not talking about the pros, but the serious 
amateur, what do you think is their biggest mistake when it comes to training as far as diet. strength and conditioning? I'm going to tell you right now. Well, it's no, diet. strength and conditioning. <laughs> diet. Well, talking to we'll, chicken we'll, figure champ here. We'll get, to, we'll get to both of those. So Sean already said the first one, overtraining. Number yeah. one, I don't know that I've had a combat sports athlete that I've worked with that wasn't already overtraining when I first got with him. There's many, many, many people I said, all right, here's the first thing we're going to do. You're not going to train seven days this week. <laughs> That's the beginning. And you're going to start getting more results because you're not training seven days this week, twice a day, plus your job, plus your kids, plus your dog. Plus your... It, too much is too much. Mm-hmm. Right? I always use the, the, the metaphor Goldilocks and three bears. Not too hot, not too cold, not too big, not too small. Mm-hmm. You need to find out what's just right for you. Remember, when you're training, you're actually breaking your body down. Mm-hmm. You're Damaging the skin on your fingers, you're straining muscles and connective tissues. Your your entire cardiovascular system is pissed off at you at the end of that stupid mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you're all red and sweaty and yeah. angry, and you get out of bed like, oh, where'd this bruise come from? Sweet. So the reality is, this training is destroying you. You get better when you're resting and have put hopefully some proper nutrition in your face to rebuild your tissues a little bit better than they were last time, mm-hmm. based on what you did in your training. So overtraining, without a doubt, is the number one biggest mistake amateurs and pros make for that matter we kind of touched on this earlier when you said you know that's we look at coaches if you're not aligning your skill set training with this coach and that coach and that coach with your strength conditioning and your nutritionist knows about it and you got your recovery going on if they're not lined up they might be going against each other heaven right, forbid you right. do all in the same your day your diet might be complete like horseshit compared to what you're Certainly. trying to do yeah. you might not have adequate calories because your nutrition coach over here is saying hey we want to get your body fat down this level before we do our weight cut but you're not feeding them but your Muay Thai coach is like we're doing three a day today you're like oh crap what not enough yeah. calories, too much work. Your body's not going to get what you it needs. You don't have that fuel. Yeah. So here, this is kind of this. This brings us to an, brings me to an interesting question for um, for the jujitsu athlete. Gi and no gi are almost different sports. Certainly, different sports. Um, if you're training just to get better in jujitsu. You can train both, but if you're training for a competition, oh yeah, you got to specialize. How so? Would you, if you were training for a no-gi competition, but you train at a gi school? <laughs> <laughs> which, that happens. That, which All happens, day, happens yeah. to me. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Um, what, what can you do? I mean, is it just as simple as taking the gi off? And, and, or do you, you know, can, I, you, can you prepare for a no-gi tournament? Certainly. I think, you know, and this is more for intermediate or more advanced level trainees and and athletes because you have to understand, and specifically with grips, I mean, that's the main thing we're discussing Mm -hmm. here when you look at gi versus no gi is you can't grab stuff with no gi. Well, you can, but that's checking oil and you need to be careful what to venture in there. It's still legal. (laughs) So um, I think you can train in the gi still. You just need to realize don't purposefully and even unconsciously go for grips that you are not going to be able to use right. in a no-gi environment. So you're looking at a lot more false grip hooks um, and, and things of that nature, pummeling a lot more for your mm-hmm. <laughs> for things instead of yeah. holding on to lapels. Wrist, wrists instead Absolutely. of... Absolutely. I think the tough exactly. part, though, too, with that is you'll get used to a certain type of friction yeah, grip. Yeah, that's true. That's that true. you're not going to get. It's uh, like if you're... You can still train no-gi with gi pants, but... You're not gonna have that that friction grip when you're holding half guard, or it's, when you're even just in the guard. It's yeah. challenging, and, and like you said, that's 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 in the I don't want to say rare, but in the, in the in the situation where yeah, you're in a gi school and and, and you want to train for that. Yeah, I mean, you just go to go to open mat, stay after class late, get a couple buddies that you work with, and take that stupid jacket yeah. off and. 
So yeah, I mean you have That's to. What, it's you, tough. you have to do it because yeah. I agree. Friction is the number. No, grips and friction are the two biggest differences between gi and no gi. But what's funny is that he brings it up is when I did my first uh, tournament with training with Sean. I did my first no gi match. Yeah. Didn't train us lick fucking <laughs> no gi. I did better in no gi than I did in really? gi. I did way better, and no clue how. I mean, but I was getting everything that I wanted to get. Came into the Nogi matches like oh, I was eating dog shit on that one, but it blew my mind. It's like how is that even possible, yeah. considering the fact that I trained so hard in gi that I was just killing it in, in Nogi. It made no sense to me, and then I started understanding. Okay, well, first of all, mentally I came in with not giving a shit because I wasn't there focusing on Nogi. It was yeah. kind of like I was just gonna do it. Second of all, it was. I stripped down the technique into my reaction instead of focusing on the exact technique, and then I just went with it. I think what you just said is a key thing that I see a lot of people making mistakes with gi versus no gi is reaction. What you said is yeah. if you know where you need to be for that technique based off of reacting after you baited somebody or you just observed that there's an opening for an opportunity, a lot of people use their grips to make up for the fact they weren't really paying close enough attention to yeah. catch a technique. So like, oh, let me hold on here. Oh, there's something. No, it's yeah. such a slow reaction there. They're like, thank God I had that grip. Otherwise, I'd have never got this. <laughs> right. You're working it out step by step. Okay, I got to yeah. do this I'm going to hold on long enough till I can figure yeah. out what the hell I'm supposed to do next. What <laughs> my, my, that's what drillers make killers. The, what I tell my guys is I go, look, when you do jujitsu correctly. It's fun. Well, it's not fun. It's easy, yeah. and it feels like when you when it happens correctly, it feels like Tetris. It yeah. feels like yeah. it just locks into place perfectly Certainly. without any effort. It's yeah. just like you, you're yep. you're turning that piece as it falls down, yeah. and just at the you know as it lands in that moment, and you clear the four the four. Oh, it's even better when you get to the point where you can start seeing that two three moves ahead. Certainly, when you start seeing that, oh, I did this on purpose to get you to do that i think that for me is really when i got bit by it it wasn't just a fact though you could you weren't reacting out. anymore you were yeah. proactive instead of reacting well it was it so. was playing the chess game yeah so for me it's i i enjoy that i look at it as as close to nature as possible it's the snake setting up to just tighten up the grip. So while you're struggling, it's just squeezing mm -hmm. tighter. You don't even realize it. So to me, that's the way that I see it. Yeah, you have the, the battle, you fight, but then you start closing in and you make those rooms for escape smaller and smaller. So you're funneling them to where exactly you want to go. Yep. Yep. That's for me anyway. Well, you know, what's funny is I do, I think of it a little bit differently. I look at like, say someone is almost passing your guard and you're holding like, Say say you had them in half guard. You're they're they're passing your guard. They got all the way out except for their foot. You're, yeah, you got the foot stuck. Holding on for dear life. Holding on for dear life. <laughs> My theory is, and this is what I've I've done before, is I let them go. Yeah, go to mount. Now you're in mount. Okay, now there's this is another world. But if I show you this arm a little uh -huh. bit too much. You're going to go ahead and go for that arm bar, yeah. which is yeah. what I want you to do. And then lose position. Lose position. I yeah. come up. Now I have your back. Yeah. Now I'm choking you. Yeah. And, I and it's still, you're still baiting. Yeah, I well, mean, it goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. But, but instead of baiting 
You're you're it's a different type it's, of trap it's, that you're it's setting. jumping it's jumping into the fire from the fire from the frying pan yeah. into the fire. so you can jump off the stove yeah, yeah. and into the sink to cool off. Well, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like you're yeah. trying to catch like a was it like tarpon or something or like noodling you're just sticking your arm out there like <laughs> go for it. It's like ah you're mine motherfucker. Like so I I I definitely see it. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with it. I just gave it. away a big one of my secrets to people. No, I think oh, people Yeah, people people know it. Don't at the end of the day. Jump to psychic school and hop in the mount. He's well it's funny because when we used to roll a lot more, it was always the same case. I knew it was gonna I was gonna end up in half guard. Yeah. So like, all right, let's just skip the bullshit, let's go straight <laughs> let's into just half start guard. There. And then I just started trying to play my pieces from there. Because uh-huh. I knew there wasn't gonna be any way that I wasn't gonna get caught there. Yeah. So I'm like, let me go there. And then I'll figure my way out of like this sand, this quicksand from there. And little by little, and it's funny because now the biggest part for me is working on my half guard. Yeah. And I go back to rolling with him thinking, okay, my body can't do that. But how can I get to that same point with my mechanics? I think it's interesting, the parallels between positional training. So going into a bad position and learning how to work from there, which a lot of a lot of places spend a lot of time yeah. on. And I think that's a great thing to do. It's one of my preferred things to yeah. do is start start someplace bad. It's like EBI overtime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well that's hop it. on, let's start yeah. from the back, right? So learning to start from a really challenging position, you have to become you're forced to become better there. And it's very similar to the very essence of what strength conditioning is. It's putting your body in a place where it has to be insulted by the thing you're doing and become better because of that. Training, and I, and I say that instead of working out because they're very dynamically different things. CrossFit's working out, and CrossFit people are going to flip out right now because they're great at working out. Mm. That's awesome. If you want to be the best at working out, hey, that's your stuff right there, man. Do it. Kenny, Kenny Powers. Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real athlete. I don't right? try to be the best at exercise. Exactly. So that's wonderful, and it's a great thing for that. But what we're looking at with, in this case, jujitsu athletes, you need to be great at certain specific things, and that means your training needs to give you that result at the end, right? The seven habits of highly successful people, habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Mm. What do I want to be at the end of this? Why am I even doing this stupid thing that sucks so bad right now? Mm-hmm. It better give me this end result, because if it's not lined up, why am I wasting my time? So doing things that challenge the body just enough that it has to respond by going, oh, what the hell was yeah. that? And it gets better. You become more efficient at the movement pattern. You become able to endure the pain, discomfort, uh, strain longer. Your muscles can contract faster, more efficiently. Your your skin becomes thicker, more dense yeah. to prevent it from ripping off. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that adaptation is, you have to set yourself up for it by going to that uncomfortable place. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of how I approach everything is become comfortable in the uncomfortable. Absolutely. To put yeah. yourself in, in that world of shit where then yes. it's that's... Your awkward place. What's funny is is the better you get, that's the only like as a black belt, the only thing I can really do with my guys, if I'm gonna roll with them, is put myself in a terrible yeah. position. Yeah, let them go and let, go through get, stuff get, and get to a get to the you know, get me inside control, get my back. Yeah. Because that's the only way this is gonna be a I hate beneficial to say beneficial for both of you. Right, beneficial for both of us. And, and, and it, it is because they get to progress to that point and mm-hmm. you know build up the skill, practice what you taught in class, whatever it is to get to that place. And then you have the value aspect of being able to, hey, okay, now this is actually challenging for me. Now I have to work from here yeah. in this difficult place. So it's, also, it's also beneficial for the student 
mentally. Certainly. Where you're not breaking them down and just smashing them. Because we know teachers that just smash the white belts for no reason. What am I going to get out of it? Yes, that's why you're the coach, because you're better than me. Thanks for enforcing that. But here's the thing. (laughs) If I start in a bad position... They're, they're, they have a very good chance of finishing, yeah. and that's great for but their a, that's great for their mentality. Certainly, if, if, if you know, I have no problem if they get me. The problem is awesome. when when they can't tell that you gave it to them, and they think they got <laughs> it, it. Goes from confidence to uh, ego. big head. Yeah, yeah. Ego, yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, I almost got professor. Like, <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> well, I, and I've heard it. And I've heard that before. Like my man, listen, I've got it going on at my no. school right now. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a oh, few I know, guys. I, that... I know who it is. I know exactly who it is. There's a couple of guys that like to push that button. Like, bro, do you yeah. like? Look at how you rolled with me. Yeah. And you think you got it on exactly. him? Let's not no. Exactly. I roll. I I, it, uh, I roll at f- anywhere from forty to sixty percent. Or you just pull a Camaro? Like that was only thirty percent. No, <laughs> I roll. I have to. I got to roll at forty to sixty percent. But that's normal. It's if I'm feeling good. With the way my back has has yeah. been over the last two years. I can't even, you know, like getting, I'm just now getting to the point where I could get up to like an 80% roll yeah. or, you know. All right, honestly you speaking, yeah. percentage wise, what's the most that like percentage that you've rolled with me at? The most? Yeah. Like Six, honestly, not ball busting. Like 60? honestly. 60? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Maybe a little meter on the wall behind it. Yeah. yeah. I have some. No, have. well, no, because uh, <laughs> like we, like, I forget, I think we were training for you for Masters. Where I, like I got to push a little bit more, and I was still kind of a white belt, blue belt, so I wasn't really able to push them like crazy. But yeah. I was the only one there, size wise, yeah, that could give them some kind of a push. Yeah. So it's curious. I'm always curious to see. Like my question, to someone is, how much do you weigh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm 210 or I'm 195. So in my head, I'm starting to build the knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Their pressure compared to their weight compared to mine, so I know where I'm at. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and you and you have to, and I think. Something that a lot of people don't do enough of at different places is train with different body types and sizes. I have the most difficulty with 135 pound guys yeah. and girls. Oh, trying Just, to get they're in running, on. They're running around me like, oh, yeah. Or well, get no, on that's top not of even the, the back mount or something. Or, yeah, like, trying to get your hands inside. I'm like, <laughs> they're internal. My, I'm like, fingers in between. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> no, but I, that's, that's one thing that I make every. So the way I do my drilling, my guys, um, I do two minutes. No, I've, I've changed it a little bit. I used to do like seven minutes, one and one, but now I've changed it to two minutes. One guy goes for the whole two minutes. Then the, at the other second two minutes, the other guy goes. And then we switch partners every four minutes because I yeah. want them to go with different body types. Yes. Because, number one, you don't know who you're going to get if you compete or in the street. Exactly. You don't know what body type exactly. you're going to get. Exactly. That's important. That See, and when I first started, I used to hate having the whole – where the professor picks you go with him you would <laughs> yeah, go with him. but yeah. then the more i got into it now i'm i'm like i'd love that because i want to what i do is i never call anybody out gotcha. i stand there and say who whoever wants to go i'll go smallest biggest i don't care so to have someone say you go with him perfect yeah. i love it because then i don't pick as, I, as long as the professor's not just picking just oh those two guys are tall. Yeah, it might not no, be the exactly. best thing to do with that. No, way. it's the challenge. <laughs> and one of the worst <laughs> when you one of the worst things though is when you see when uh, you see the professors put girls with girls just because yeah. they're girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, no, this girl's a you know a brown belt. Why would you put her with a white belt? Absolutely. 
for the whole, you know, for the first yeah. half of the, of the drilling session. You're, 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 you, the white belt isn't going to understand what's going on. The brown belt's not getting work. So let's, let's switch it up a little bit. Sure, they can drill together, but not the whole time, just because yeah. it's girls. And, and you see that a lot. It, too much. There's a yeah. little macho. There's still a little macho left. Well, so you in get the in there sport. with that brown belt girl, and she chokes you out four times in a row, and then you're like, okay, I'm just gonna zip I it. I mean, look at the size difference between me and Tammy Musumeki, <laughs> and she yeah. kicked my ass. I'm like, oh, she she would be harder to roll with sometimes. Than she Mikey. might be stronger than you though too. But, oh no, 100. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not even a joke. That's like serious. They're, they're, Did you work with them while you while they were while uh, you were out there? No, no, I didn't. Okay, because because they move from here yes. out there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's funny because I feel rolling with Mikey. I think Mikey would take it super easy, but Tammy's like, nah. Yeah. And just well, smash. not now that he's the fourth person that man, forced yeah. American that to win. That kid's amazing. Yeah. Man. He's so, amazing. Yeah. It's he what? And here's the thing: he's getting, he's starting to get a little man muscle on him too. Yeah. yeah well, that's what's scary that. about it. Yeah. That was all technique, baby. Yeah, that was. Yeah, now he's starting to get that that man muscle. <laughs> was he now 22, 23? No, not even. I think no. he just turned twenty. Puberty's no. gonna hit soon. He's gonna like girls. When he hits twenty five, man, as long as he stays on top of everything yeah. health wise, and he starts getting that, it's gonna. Think be about cool. it. He was sixteen when he was training with. It's, I know. it's like Nikki Ryan, man. Same thing. Yeah, you got somebody that they they spent an adequate amount of time with great instructors. But they just, it just clicked. They just get it, and and their brains wrapped around it the right way. They yeah. put the time in, well, but they the don't obsession. have the, the athleticism yet. You take and tack that athleticism on it, it's game over, man. Yeah, and your body's automatically building for that. Yeah, so you really are building a a soldier for this Absolutely. specific type of war because that's the training they do. Right, that's the thing we always talked about, Mikey. If you watch him sit down, he could sit there, have his butt on the floor, heels planted on the floor at the same time. And he wouldn't be losing any kind of balance. Yeah. Just, so, the, a couple of my students went to high school with oh, yeah. with Mikey. Okay. They have a video of Mikey sitting, putting his heels, both his feet behind his head, and walking on his hands yeah. in a classroom. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that mobility and flexibility that his major part of his game and all the inversion and stuff that he yeah. does—that's something that was there. That's yeah. that you have a genetic predisposition to certain things, and if you can understand that when you go into your jujitsu and say, "Hey, this is something that's just who I am," and you're training, you're trying these different things out, like, "Ooh, this one works for me." I can do this yeah. technique. This this guard is my but guard. But is, isn't it true though that most like look at a baby's flexibility? Oh yeah, he puts feet in your mouth all day. Yeah, he's he, Mikey been training since he was four to six ish, four yeah. or five. Yeah. Tammy since she was six. Yeah, imagine if you were instead of you know my, our our generation when you got into high school it was all about. Playing in the weights and yeah. getting big and, Absolutely. And, and you know walking around with the invisible <laughs> so luggage. Stretch, you know, <laughs> nobody stretched. Nobody did. No, nobody stretched, yeah. no. but no. imagine if you kept that flexibility from your childhood, and that's yeah. all that is is, is making sure to do you know do it every day. The yep. one thing I learned too when working with Flex and all those guys is they're so adamant now about stretching and yeah. and really building the flexibility for Especially different reasons. Especially the top reasons. guys, the ones that really intelligently train and flex is a great right. example of that because they're they're very holistic in their approach. Yeah. But his his thing on on the stretching because he would stretch and it's funny because we I put together 
the um that old like crow cup like split machine yeah. whatever the the one that um <laughs> what's his face uh jean-claude jean-claude would oh, sit yeah. there and show off it so i put it together and we would do it and then he got on there i'm like bro that's pretty close to to a split so he would sit there and stretch and the way that he explained to me made so much sense it's your muscle is covered with the the fascia right and that's kind of just that's that shield that's the cover for it so if you don't stretch the the fascia then it doesn't have room to grow think of it like a koi fish right right the larger the pond you put in the bigger the fish will become it's very true a lot of these guys that have you know in bodybuilding professional body that have gotten really large jake hutler is a great example also they do extreme stretching to get their 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 fascia to accommodate for the growing muscle inside of it and so that's a that's a real thing and then you notice that i I would say more so the the past 10, 15 years of bodybuilding, people don't have that the ripped the stretch uh, marks. The, the, not the stretch marks, but the uh, the ripped uh, pecs. Oh, the separation like, between the upper. Yeah, because well, they ended up having like a big separation. Oh, got the actual pec tear. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, the pec yeah. tear. That's that's what um, yeah. Sylvester Stallone had. If you watch yeah, Rambo when he's yeah, working out, you see it here because he would just tear the shit out of it. Well, I, that's what yeah. You know, I, I I've started doing yoga. Over the last two years, I've been doing yoga. I was doing it once a day, and, and about four or five months ago, I started started doing it anywhere from four to six days a week. Really? Um, it's the only thing that's made my back feel any kind of relief or get any feel any kind of um, uh, improvement. Yeah. I was going. I was seeing doctors. Um, I never got an MRI, but I, I've, I've seen doctors, chiropractors, masseuses, yeah. all this stuff. Um, I, th- I think it's my piriformis, if 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 everything is self-diagnosed. Well, I've, hey, we've you know, all got Google, buddy. Well, yeah. working working <laughs> with health MD expert, that's Mary what Beth, I am. Mary Beth, who's yeah. who's uh, fix she, the mic. By the way, you got to point it up. Mary Shoot. Mary Beth is um, just fix it so it's uh, tilted like that. There, there we go. go. Well, it's not tilted. Okay. So Mary Beth is a, a masseuse at my gym. Nice. She, um, but she, she will make she, you cry. She just myofascial release. Gotcha. Um, she's the one that kind of said, "Well, this is what I think it is." Yeah. And it, 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 she thought it was my piriformis, and like nothing was working. But then I started. I was like, I can't even train. I that's, couldn't even stand. Sucks. I couldn't stand. Like if I stood for more than two minutes, I'd have to get down on the ground, Ugh. roll on a, a lacrosse ball. It's terrible. But it was like that after the two car accidents. I'd have to be like this. I'd have to move every... Just finding a position yeah. where you could tolerate but it. But that's what... yoga hurt after 30 minutes, and then I'd have to move. Ugh. And then I'd have to move. But what yoga is, what I didn't realize what yoga yoga is, is it's a way to break up the fascia without force. It's letting gravity do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. In a heated environment, the heat... So you do hot yoga? I do hot yoga. Gotcha, okay. So the heat makes it so your body doesn't uh, so your muscles are warm and, and, and pliable and the so they can it's, you don't stretch in yoga that's the misnomer that that like I got to yoga I was like all right here we go stretch my ass out no <laughs> it's interesting you went stretch straight to stretching his ass <laughs> out right like that was just that's kind of we're weird. here we're quick oh, <laughs> um, but like I thought I was just gonna stretch everything and that was gonna be it yeah but no the, it's letting gravity happen. And I don't think you have a choice in that, by the way. Well, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> letting letting gravity happen in in a certain way yeah. that it that it breaks up the fascia. So, stretching is a big part of 
training athletes. doesn't matter what the athletic endeavor is because you can't apply force efficiently and effectively if you can't move into that position, wherever that position is, regardless of whatever it is, right? So when we look at mobility, stretching to achieve mobility, a lot of, something a lot of people don't really understand about stretching is that it's predominantly a nervous system-based thing. You brought up earlier that when we're babies, we can put our feet in our mouth, no big deal. Just Parts just go wherever they want to go. Over time, your body changes, your nervous system changes how much range of motion it allows you to have based on what you do consistently. Mm. If you don't bend over for 20 years straight, guess what your body's not going to want you to do or allow you to mm -hmm. do? It's not going to let you bend over. If you have a complete disarticulation of your right shoulder because you had somebody caught you in an arm bar and you tried to roll out but they had your thumb locked in your body moving your arm didn't, this guy yeah um <laughs> preaching in the choir you have it stapled back on afterwards you probably don't have enough range of motion to put your shirt on and off properly and you have to have your wife help you yeah like i do that's not necessarily because of the tissue but more so because your nervous system has learned hey there's bad things that occurred in this range of motion don't go there yeah right well it's the same when you see people with uh and it, I catch myself all the time slouching. Yeah. And then you see everyone's just stuck down like this and curved over. I would just see people slouching like, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> and it's, it's the same thing. Your 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 body is gonna adapt to the positions that you put yourself. You're in. training. You yeah. Don't know it well, maybe subconscious, but you're training your body to be in a certain place and do a certain thing. I tell people jujitsu is the sport that we can do for the rest of our lives. I go because, and I'll tell you why. There's a reason why Helio could do jujitsu at 95. If I get down on the ground every day, yeah. guess what I'll be able to do every day? Get back day? up. Get back up. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the big things that, that with with uh, elderly is they they have a hard time getting back up because True. when's the last time when after you hit 60 why would you go on the ground anymore True. you know what i'm saying well it's i mean it's even in the cultures that's why you see other cultures that they're my grandma literally just turned 83 today nice Happy birthday, grandma. Birthday. yeah no Happy she's birthday. she's here from italy right now so it's wonderful i'm i'm ducking out of grandma to be here for Ooh. the podcast so. I, I, maybe i am the special guest that's yeah. what i feel special, special. um <laughs> but she's 83 she moves fine, no problem. Like, granted, she's not going to have the cardio and the energy to keep yeah. going. Like, I mean, but back in the day when she was, like, in the 60s, 70s, like, in her 70s, I could take her out walking all day, and yeah. she's going to do it all in heels, and it's not going to bother her one bit. Obviously, now it's different, but you see 70-year-olds here, yeah, and it's well, they're decrepit. walkers. They do and they, yeah, they're not doing it. If you don't use your body... It'll take away your capability of doing things. I don't need to do this. Why am I going to sit there? Yeah, and be absolutely. Capable the body of doing and it? the brain are, are competing and fighting all the time. Yeah. The body says, hey, do the least amount necessary just to get by. And it yeah. adapts to that. The brain's like, hey, I want to go do stuff. So that competition is uh, how who wins, this one or this one, determines your capabilities. <laughs> if your brain doesn't overcome the body's want, desire to just chill yeah. <laughs> and eat some yummy food and yeah. sit perfectly still. Chicken fingers. Yeah, right, right. Cold chicken fingers, by the way. That's nasty. That's delicious. No, it's not. Stop trying to lie. Uh, so... If your brain doesn't overcome the body's tendency to want to minimize any damage done to it, because all activity causes damage. Me just wave my arm around like this is causing damage at a microscopic right. level. So the body wants the least amount of damage necessary. The brain wants you to be able to do stuff in the world. Whichever one wins is the how your body ends up having capabilities. If you're consistently getting down on squatting in a third world squat where you're bust down on the ground and that's how you just hang out and you do your knitting down there with your butt on the floor, it's no big deal to you. If you don't do that because you don't, Use your mind to overcome your body's desire to sit still, and you just sit still, you're not going to be able to do that. You, yeah. If you don't use it, 
you lose it. Yeah. Maybe we should get some of them toilets without toilets here. The like hole in the ground? Yeah, have the holes in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> the holes in the ground? No. Hey, yeah, what's with the three fine. shells, by the way? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep cursing. Has anybody ever figured out how yeah. the three shells yeah. worked? Yeah. yeah. No, they have. There's, they have? A, there's a, like a whole blog. They literally went in. There's an explanation on how to use the three shells. I, I love the internet, by I the way. I think it was <laughs> the, you take two to pinch and like, Clear everything, and then the third one to pinch. Scoop. What? If I'm just peeing, what are we pinching? What are we well, doing? No, you're not going to use it. That's for when you're taking a dump. That's why he needed the paper. So, have you ever? Let, let's since we're talking on about poo, have you ever happened to be lucky enough to poo on Shoot one of those uh, Japanese toilets? Imagine they say like 45 different things that it does. Yes. It warms up. Yeah, the bidet. It, it, no, it, it, it uh, squirts no, your booty, then it blows one. on yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I it, I stayed in the Ritz Carlton in. Um, Quebec or uh, Quebec, or, but in not Quebec City, but in Montreal in Quebec, because right. I went to Montre- uh, Quebec City as well. But in Montreal, I stayed at the Ritz Carlton, and I, you know, I'm my wife's boss paid for our hotel room. Yeah, uh, very, you know, very generous man, and um, clearly he let you. I walked. I walked into the. Did you have to walk around your pinky up the whole time? No. <laughs> but you walk. I walk into this bathroom, and all of a sudden the toilet lid just. Oh yeah, raises. it knows you're yeah. there. And then I was like, Hello, what Sean. the heck is this? Good to see you again. So, yeah. I can and see that you'd like to make a number two, Sean. So, so here's the thing. You sit on it. Rumbling. You sit on it. It's heated. Yeah. The, the yeah. seat's heated. Yeah. Uh, after you go, you get washed with, not with cold water, uh-uh. with warm water. Yeah, buddy. Then it, it dries up. you off. Yes. And I was like, how come I shit like a savage Thank everywhere you. else Thank in my you. life? Yeah. Single ply finger going through sandpaper yeah. in your butthole. What's that all about? Not good. It's tough times all around. They should make those <laughs> toilets more affordable. Absolutely. You know, you can get them. Like, I was going to buy one the other day at Costco. It was like 200 bucks, 300 bucks. That's not going to, that, no. 300 bucks for me to have a clean ass. No, these, I'm okay with these that. toilets are 10 grand. <laughs> you know who did that is uh, Maradona for the World Cup. So Maradona is like an asshole. I don't know if you follow soccer at all. So a little bit. He, he was the coach for the Argentinian team. So whatever. Went, went, whatever he said, that was lost. So he went to the hotel. He said, I'm only going to stay here. I'm only going to be the coach if I have this toilet. And it's the same thing. It's like a $10,000 toilet. So they had to swap toilet. out a toilet in his room? Wait. So <laughs> he goes into the room. He's like, I don't fucking like this room. Give me another room. So they literally swapped a, a, their toilet, no. installed a $10,000 toilet, didn't like it. They had to go install <laughs> another one. Bro, Maradona is an asshole. That's He's, awesome. He was such a scumbag when he played in Italy. He never paid his taxes. Yeah, but didn't Argentina Argentina almost make it to the cup, the finals this year? This year, I don't know. Or, no, in the world, the last World Cup. I thought yeah. they did really good. No, they they did really good, but they I don't I don't remember. Anymore. I don't remember if it was the finals or. The- he was such a scumbag. He didn't pay any taxes, and Italy is full of assholes when it comes to taxes and all that stuff. Yeah. It's so corrupt. So different than here. He was yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, this is how how bad they are. So they're like, you owe us money. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm not paying shit. I'm moving so to another like, country. So they're like, if you ever come back here. You're going to fucking pay. Yeah. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm not paying shit. Wouldn't you know it, on that same fight when he was going there, it stops in Italy. Oh. So they fucking pulled him out of the they plane. They grabbed his ass? And they're like, you got to pay. He's like, I got no money. He's like, those are fancy watches. <laughs> He's got his own watches from, uh, I forget the name of the company. Um, like, those are some fancy watches. We'll take those. So he had to take his Maradona, like, name, like, watches. 
hand them over to them. I would like, never wear my own watch, by the way. I don't wear a watch, period. I, but I certainly wouldn't wear my watch. I definitely would. I'd remember, You'd wear my watch? Okay, I'd that's wear your fair. watch. That's fair. I got tons of it. Where's my watch? I wear, I, I've worn a watch by this guy, um, Timex. Have you heard of him? Timex. Timex. Swatch? He's Swedish. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I just love watches anyway, just for the artwork for it. But yeah, to, he they were like $100,000 watches. Jeez. And he's like... Does it wash your car or do your taxes? or what's going to, Well, no, obviously not his taxes. It, but yeah, it definitely doesn't pay his fucking taxes. Yeah. Is that a sure. Harvey monitor or just a really fancy watch? It's, a, it's Apple just an Apple watch, oh, which I really fancy. enjoy. You should get the Huawei watch. Huawei? The what? The Huawei watch. Um, China yeah. is like all so they can track where you're going. Yeah, what you you're haven't doing? heard about that? No. Oh, dude, that's a whole different. Oh, that's straight out of a James Bond. It movie. is. It's good stuff. Yeah, you got to look it up. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> it's like they arrested the daughter v- of the founder. Yeah. Oh, the one up in Canada. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so they were using the. So there's chips that they put onto the little tiny boards inside those, and phones, and watches, and a variety yeah. of technology. It's a little tiny, little, little innocuous little chip on the board. You know, you know, oh, there's 500 chips on there. It sucks all your info. And it just is transmitting stuff straight and, to China. Oh yeah. To, so it was a big security risk. So they banned them in Australia. They're like, no, we're not taking your stuff here. And then the USA kept on telling people. That's why they stopped yeah. uh, uh, selling them in the U.S. And Samsung did a lot of work with them, too. So, so what's to stop them from doing it into an iWatch Well, in, they do. I, Apple does that. They got caught with it. And they're just kind of like, oh, we're sorry. That's the Because they could track you. And somebody caught it in the iPhone. I think it was like the 8 that uh, they caught the information. Same with Google. Google was doing the same thing. And so they're like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't know. We shut that well, off. Well, we, we, we know they listen to us. Well, they listen to us right now. They're going to advertise, market us with something when we get out yeah, of here. Yeah, for sure. They're like, I guarantee you're going to have like uh, an you're ad have Huawei. The, you're you're <laughs> an article or, or, or an you're, We're going to get that split sh- machine. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> for sure, it's going to happen. Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. No, it's... Um, it's, it's so, you know what's sad? Is it's become a joke. Yeah, we're we're yeah. laughing about it. Yeah. But here's the thing: but so they did they did the research, and when you look into marketing, people something like sixty percent of millennials are willing to give up all their private information if it makes their life more convenient. Absolutely. So I'll give you all my information, whatever you want to know, if you're gonna give me personalized ads, if you're gonna sit there and give me the the news articles that are more geared towards me, they're completely fine with it. Don't get mad yeah. when all of a sudden you're getting hacked. Well, it's like that movie uh, with Tom Cruise, Minority Report. Yeah, you remember yeah. that one where yeah. he's walking along through the mall and it's projecting out specific ads for him as he goes by the stores? Yeah. That's not very far off. No. Scan your it's retina. A, it's already started. Throw it up there and you do that. I mean, we're already you know two-thirds deep into this thing, and it's just going to continue down that pathway. And it's kind of this debate. Is, is that good? Is that bad? Like you were saying, a lot of millennials are like, hey, I don't want to have to see a bunch of superfluous baloney I don't care about. Only show me things I actually yeah. do care about. So you need to track my stuff to do that? Eh, okay. A little bit of privacy given away but there. But here's the thing. Do you ever use Google Maps? Yeah, I did on the way over here to find y'all. Right, but do you use it for traffic? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah I listen. I listen to it. And that means t- they know where you're at. Right, that's how they track it. There's <laughs> right. no, they're not looking at any satellite. What they no. look at is Everybody the amount of it. traffic that with or the amount of uh, phones in that location. Yep, and how yeah. fast they're moving. Right. Well, so, I've, uh, what's funny done. was... It's already, you're, you're ready balls deep, What's funny is I've driving up to North Carolina one year, um, I was. I decided to go. That goes. We, we have a new, uh, a new route for you. Right. 
would you like to do it? I'm like, no, I'm going. <laughs> I'm doing what I'm doing. Exactly. They go, there's a lot of traffic, or like, and it showed traffic. And if, sure enough, once I got there, yep. traffic. traffic. Yep. And I was like, you got to be kidding. It didn't How show do it. You know, it didn't show it on the yeah. on the, the actual map, map. But then, um, so then I was like, I'm listening next time, mm-hmm. and I listened next time, and it brought me better brought me faster and it so since you brought that up this past week i was in arkansas for work and i was a couple of hours away from this place i've wanted to go to my whole life ever since i found out about it it's called crater diamond state park and you can actually go dig for oh diamonds. the place we talked really? about yeah i got to go we were gonna do Did that you get we, a diamond so here's the thing there was a whole fucking adventure to fucking get out there man <laughs> so a finished. kid, a kid found. Remember the what yeah, was a kid it? found like a uh, four carat, ten carat diamond. It was, yeah. no, it was like four hundred grand or six hundred grand Jeez. diamond. He found just a, a, like a like a six year old kid. Yeah, digging. People find them all the time. Wow. So I've always wanted to go there. So I was up there for work. I'm like, fuck it, I'm here, I'm going. So I wake up four o'clock Saturday morning. Get up, get all my shit together. Two hour drive, two and a half hours through the mountains, mind you. I didn't really think this fucking through. I'm thinking, I got GPS. Uh, I'll just go. You had GPS. Right. <laughs> so when I tell you this shit was fucking scary, I was, it was giving me back roads, super country back roads, oh, whatever. Boy. <laughs> Once you get into to the forest, into the park. Bye-bye technology. If I had my motorcycle or if I was driving a rally car, I'd be in fucking heaven. <laughs> but not at 5 o'clock in the morning, pitch black in the mountains. And, of course, with my luck, there's nobody there. There's fucking nothing. It's pitch black having a blast. I was jamming out. I had my music blasting in the brand-new rental car. Out of nowhere, I just see two beams coming at me. And, like, that guy's catching up to me pretty fucking quick. And all of a sudden, I realize it's a big rig. It's a big rig hauling ass in the mountains. And I'm going downhill all of a sudden. This guy had to be doing at least 80 or 90 on my ass. Behind you coming downhill. Behind me going downhill, <laughs> over the hills, taking turns. Taking turns. He had no fucking business taking that that well, see, speed. You, it was new to you. He'd been on that road 100 times. Right. That's why he's doing 80 going downhill. Right. But, <laughs> so there's, there's a really bad design. They didn't really give you any shoulder. So oh, goody. There's, when the road stops, it goes straight down. And it's like that the entire fucking way. Even when you come up to houses, there's random houses in the mountains. There's only that little bit of driveway. And then it's a steep drop. So there's no way for me, while I'm trying to stay ahead of this guy, to do 90. Yeah. I can't go into the other lane. It's only two lanes, mind you, because it's all blind corners. Fuck. So I have to hit a buck 10 <laughs> going downhill to try and outrace him and yank it to the side of the road in the gravel to give him enough time to get past me. I almost shit my pants because this is all pitch black. That's why I wear a diaper when I drive at night. Well, yeah. And, and then, mind you, you stop. Yes. GPS yeah. is gone. So I lose my music uh, and my GPS. Boo. So it's fucking oh, dead time. Music? I'm like, fuck. Uh, so it's, and That's when the crickets get real loud. All yeah. of a sudden, you don't notice, but those crickets are real loud. I've so seen this movie before, by the way. I kept on getting lucky because it kept on going in and out. So I would get lucky enough that maybe a mile or two before I'd have to turn it says one mile turn right off thank god you're back and then I keep going and then it stops so now I remember looking I have eight miles before the next turn fuck and it it was shitty because I wasn't gonna look down on my phone so I had it in the the Apple CarPlay going on in the car 
But once it shuts off, it disconnects. It doesn't keep showing it. Yeah. So I'm running blind, and I have to constantly keep on adding on. Man, it was the most stressful to fucking two hours. Did you find a diamond? So, get there. <laughs> fucking run out there digging. People are serious about this shit. Really? They're, it's not They're a out joke. there. They got gear on. Bro, they were coming in with dollies. This guy had 20 <laughs> Home Depot buckets. What? Full on, yeah, full <laughs> on shovels and everything. So I go, I found out you could rent it. So I go to rent it. The girl's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to dig or do you want to just sift through the sand? I'm like, no, I'm here to fucking dig. <laughs> I just fly out, fly out. I'm here to dig. She's like, okay, rent this. It was like 30 bucks. She gives me a, For a shovel? Well, it was a deposit. It was like 10 total, but you got to put the deposit. Okay. She gonna, gives me the dinkiest. Be... I think the shovel's made out of diamonds. Yeah. What the hell, man? <laughs> she, she gives me the dinkiest fucking little shovel. It's literally about oh, man. a foot, two feet long. Oh, and she, that's a like... pickaxe and a shovel put together. So I'm like, all right, well, I got to use the pickaxe to really get into the hard dirt. So I'm like, I couldn't unscrew it. I couldn't do it. And I was like, fuck this. So I went to crank it and shift sides, snap it. Ah, there goes <laughs> so, your 30 bucks. <laughs> so I go back. I'm like, do you have a real shovel? This is too small for me. And she's like rolling her eyes. Like, It became a whole fucking ordeal. Four hours, because that's all I had left to, before I had to leave yeah. another two hours to get to the airport. Four hours of digging and sifting through it. And they had... Uh, these little uh, containers or whatever with water yeah. to go and sift and pan through everything. That shit's no fucking joke, back. man. My back was still on fire. There better be a diamond in the story. Not a single no fucking diamond? one. Cow. Have you? So, here's the thing. Here's what's bullshit, though. So I <laughs> fucking all these years, this is what fucking irks me. All these years of I want to go one day and I finally get the opportunity. And they tell you it's very common for someone to just be walking by because they they plow the the oh, field really it's 37 acres they plow the fields every night so the dirt new just, dirt on the right. top whatever yeah. so it's very common that people just walk by and find a diamond or find a gem or you whatever happen it is to be there. there buddy so i'm like walking around i don't see anything i really gotta fucking dig so afterwards i got little quartz and whatever jasper and all this other it's actually a, a volcano yeah. so it's all these yeah. different like volcanic ash and rocks or whatever i hear the girl talking she's like oh no you have to dig really deep to to get one like motherfucker why won't you tell me and then i realized you know what it's got to be one of a couple of things either they plant them Right. Them. So no. So here's the thing. So there's there's a couple of different water stations, right, with four or five troughs of a foot or two of water. Yeah. It's all muddy, so you can't see it. So there's got to be tons of stuff that falls down at the bottom. At the end of every night, they open it, they sift through it themselves. Yeah. There's got to be tons of people that fucked up. There's got to be tons. They got to be going out there sprinkling the shit at night. The real <laughs> diamonds are there though, but they're not gonna tell you how to find them. Why would they fucking tell you how to find a diamond that you could get rich off of? So I heard the girl say, oh, no, to, to find a place where most people find them, they're all the way in the back, and you got to dig like a solid seven, eight feet down into the nope. ground. Unless you're burying bodies. That ain't happening, homie. Right. So here's the thing. That's why I realized people are here for three or four days. It's like Vegas, man. They're out there in that machine. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. I was like, get a big left arm. I'm gonna win. <laughs> but you know, what? at least this, one, at least this one, you're doing something with your with that's your true. body. You're but true. There's no free drinks there, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the cool well, there's muddy is, water in a yeah. trough. That's free. The cool part was is families come out there. You see all these families. Yeah. Some of them are kind of more. But an air, 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 yeah. Or they're more. You just say it was Arkansas, right? Yeah, Arkansas. And there you have it. They're more. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. 
serious about it to the point where they're rude to their kids. Wow. Where they're really there to find it. Like, like, running, the like running with their kids. Come on, we got to get yeah, a good yeah. spot. Or like they're yelling at them like, no, you do this. So I remember seeing one guy it's who like had... Black Friday had his, <laughs> wife, No, it really was. His <laughs> wife and daughter are the ones digging and he's the one sifting through them. Wow. So they keep on coming by with buckets and his whole day was spent sifting through stuff. Hey, people, and people have different ideas of vacations, buddy. Listen, <laughs> would I do it again? During the daytime? Maybe with a, with a group, it would be... With a group, it'd be fun because you're yeah, out there certainly. digging stuff. But would I go out of my way to fucking go back there? Not a fucking chance. Yeah. But yeah. it was beautiful to drive there, yeah. come back. It was cool. Somewhere in that land, there's a huge diamond. Oh, for sure. Somewhere, there's and something... Somebody had just found one the month previous. It was. I remember they have the photo of it, and it was a fucking rock. Three carat Isn't diamond. Isn't it funny how it's just a rock? It's just a yes, rock. Yes, it's a rock. Well, rock. Gold is gold. It's is just gold metal. Is a, just metal. metal. It's just a metal. If you but happen to stumble across it, if you happen to live in a place out in the Middle East somewhere and there just happen to be old dead dinosaurs down under the ground, it liquefied, you're, you're going to happen to be rich forever and ever and ever. Just it happened. But money, it, it's money, the value that's money <laughs> and all that stuff, all that is, is communication. Yeah. yeah. We agree that yeah. this that is what got, the value. That, that's, this has value. So here's the yeah, other story. Bitcoin. Mm. Here's the other story. What happened? So please go back up. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we all go out to dinner. It's like a whole big group of people. We all go out to dinner, and then afterwards, I always like to see what kind of cool shit is around the area. There's an old arcade place there, bar slash arcade. Mind you, this is Those also the best. Dry County. So oh. There's no real booze. You could get drinks at the bar. So I'm like, let me go just check it out. Oh, there's real booze, just not at the store. It's all, it's a meth town is what that fucking place is. So I walk in, right? And there's a guy sitting to the right, right next to the door on his phone, obnoxiously loud. Hmm. It's a gamer dude on his laptop. I go up to the guy that runs the place. You can tell he's a little bit tweaky. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey man, you want some coffee? Yeah. Like his hands are just kind of jutting <laughs> out. Fingers are moving a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'm good with the coffee. I just want to play some cool video games. The photos that they put made it look amazing. He had four, five arcade like games. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. He had an old school uh, Super Mario Brothers arcade machine, nice. which that was cool, whatever. But I was over here. They had X Men and Ninja Turtles and okay. stuff. Street okay. Fighter, the original Street Fighter Two machine, super dope. Those are fun. So I'm sitting there just playing Ninja Turtles, and I hear the fucking guy on the laptop. Oh, bro, you got to come out here. You'll love it. You'll get tired in like 30 days. It's boring as shit. But I got an awesome bachelor pad. <laughs> we could just have a huge party. We can wreck it. I don't give a fuck. I'm not even going to be here that long. He's like, wait till you see the stuff that I'm cooking, man. It'll oh blow your mind. It'll change everything, man. It's going to change the game. I've been cooking it. I've been perfecting and stuff. I'm like, whoa, okay. A low likelihood he's talking about baked goods. So, and then he's like, and then he gets on the phone. He's like, hold on, buddy. I'm going to put you on speaker real quick. He's like, so be careful what you say. It's like, motherfucker, you've just been talking about it this yeah, whole time. Loud as shit. We're, you see me over here, don't yeah. you? So I'm just, I'm just trying to play fucking Ninja Turtles, bro. So I'm sitting here playing, and then. He goes back on the phone. He's like, Whoa, what do you got, man? What do you got? He's like, oh, bro, don't even bother putting them in baggies, man. We'll sell it by the bump. We'll just sell it by the bump. I'm like, all oh right. Oh, my God. I'm like, listen, I'll I'm, miss I'm the roll with it all day. No problem. But once you start making serious drug deals like this out in the open, 
for sure you're gonna get busted. And yeah. he just kept going. He's like, yeah, man, we'll just sell it by the bump. Yeah, we're gonna. I'll set up the party right now. We'll just get a bunch of people. I'll make it happen, man. We'll get loaded. He's like, that don't is... even worry. Don't. E this is the best part. He's like, don't even worry about it. It's just a. It's just a schedule two here, so oh you won't even God. get in that much trouble. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. He's not so, a savvy businessman. I just. I didn't even fucking finish the quarter. I just or he's he he he's not a savvy businessman. Or. He's a very good undercover cop. No. <laughs> you know when you can tell the difference between an undercover cop? It's like, I'm out. I'm out. That's hilarious. It, yeah, it was definitely, listen, it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. So that whole town sounds pretty awesome, that whole area. Oh, yeah. Dude, closest, closest. I bet you that truck driver was on that good, good stuff. That's why I, I was doing 300 miles an hour behind you. Closest Starbucks is like 20-minute drive. You don't need Starbucks. You're high all the time. Exactly. <laughs> closest uh, Dunkin' Donuts doesn't even exist they didn't even have them there mm -hmm. it's competition <laughs> closest uh liquor store 19 miles i'm like fuck man i'm out that's, of this that's awkward i lived in vegas most of my life right? yeah uh, and uh you, you could go to a drive through a liquor store and they'll give you a cup with ice when you buy your alcohol i'm not shitting you they yeah, yeah. literally have they're like here go ahead and drunk drive have fun hey yeah. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not making. <laughs> there's it no up. open. There's not an open container. No, you can run around Vegas? with bottles down the strip, just dumping them on your face if really? you want. Really, I didn't know people walking around with oh. the. They got the they big got big guitars full of yeah. alcohol, Eiffel towers full of alcohol. It's ridiculous. No, I've I did well, it. I've seen I've seen that, but I didn't know. I didn't. I thought driving you couldn't have an no, open driving, container. No, driving. They. I wasn't joking about the drive through. You can't drink and drive. That's illegal. But they will give you a cup of ice. When you buy your alcohol bottle at well, that place, you know, I just they're like just going like, hey, you probably is. shouldn't drink that in the car. Yeah, they don't <laughs> right? give a shit. So I went from living there from being 17 until, you know, just a couple years ago. Yeah. And I'd go visit and live in other places. I came here. You know, and first of all, stuff closes in other places. What's that shit? Yeah. Like, it's what 365 out there. I didn't even say 24-7. Yeah. It's just everything's always open. You want to buy a house at 3 a.m.? Cool, no problem on a Tuesday. Whatever. Yeah. So things close. Um, you have to go to special places to buy alcohol. What the shit is that? Yeah. And I can't walk around just drinking it when I want to. That's not fair. How did not you, that I drink, but you know, if I wanted to. I wanted It's my God-given right as an to. <laughs> so you, how, did, how did Florida, what was the siren call of South Florida? Um, I came down here. I had a business partner. I, I taught the business of personal training in a uh, school out in Vegas, and the owner of that school um, wanted me to come out and help run one of his fitness, health, and wellness marketing companies out here. So I came out and helped set it up and run that place. Um, that was the first year I was out here, and uh, that's what brought us down here. I'm like, hey, it sounds nice down there. Let's go check it out. Had a business opportunity. Wanted to get the heck out of uh, Vegas. Been there for a little too long. And so you, you, you've grew up in South, Southern California. Yep. Well, Not I got older. I'm not growing up. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you got older. <laughs> uh, you, what would you say? Um, is the biggest difference it, like is there a culture was there a culture shock coming here i mean opposed to like the things closing there but i mean i mean a the variety people. of things um people are assholes in vegas oh that's for sure some of the most concentrated dick faces you'll ever experience reason being and you've probably seen this or and or heard it the bureau of tourism and the city of las vegas used for a long time the slogan what happens in vegas stays in vegas and essentially that translates to people that travel there save up money come from all over the world to you can do whatever the fuck you want and there's no repercussions yeah so what do they do they're assholes because they get to do it where there's a bunch of strangers and no repercussions, essentially, yeah. right? So they, that's always, the culture. There's always repercussions. Oh, trust me, brother. I, you're preaching to the choir on that, but my point is that's the belief system, the yeah. subconscious belief system for a lot of people that visit 
Las yeah. Vegas. And that unfortunately, that that culture of the Strip, which is a very small subsection of the Las Vegas Valley, it's two million people out there, and there's only a couple hundred thousand people on the Strip. So the vast majority of Las Vegas is not the Strip. Yeah. Okay. So that culture on the Strip permeates out. It seeps into the pores of everybody that yeah. serves those people that run the restaurants, that do are in the service industry, that run the casino. They, they live out somewhere out in the suburbs, right? And so those people, it just gets into them. And so it's a lot of assholes, yeah. directly and indirectly in Vegas. And so it's it'll wear on you living there for a while. It's a great place to visit. Lots of fun and excitement. I just referred to one of my buddies out there the other day. He's like, hey, where should I go? I'm like, go here, do this, that, and have a great time. But in small controlled doses is yeah. what I recommend. Coming here to South Florida, specifically in the West Palm area, night and day. Now, there's some tourism down here. Don't get me wrong. But Vegas is only tourism, right? Yeah. And down here, it's a dynamically different age group. I was the old guy in Vegas. Down here, I'm <laughs> the young guy. I'm like, this is awesome, first of all. <laughs> right? Um, Vegas is super uh, fake. Right. Well, Palm Beach is pretty, pretty. Oh faithful. no, bro! Fake or, fake or fake or genuine? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All those things. The people don't and make the money they make. What is disingenuous? Just thank you. We know yeah. what you were yeah. saying. I'll spell check you. You're the writer, Facebook. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so um, here, uh, when I hold the door for somebody, they say thank you and they acknowledge my existence on the planet. In Vegas, Vegas, if I didn't hold the door long enough for somebody, they'd give me the finger and probably cuss at me. I'm like, whoa, what was that all about, grouchy pants? Um, It's a different culture. It's a different group of people and um, a totally different set of circumstances. Uh, Vegas is the middle of the desert. It's in a valley, so there's temperature fluctuations. A lot of people know this. It gets cold as shit in Vegas in wintertime. It snowed like five days this last winter. I'm thinking I wasn't there. But every winter, it gets down to the 20s. It does. Cold and windy. It's nasty. It's just a dry, cold, nasty. (laughs) Um, Here, they got to 60 this winter. I was like, oh, I got my long shorts on. Ooh, (laughs) let's get my winter flip-flops out. Let's do that. Is it the... The water jeans, whatever. <laughs> water jeans. Yeah. The hell's it called? The ones like the, the, the ones that are like past your knees. What the hell are they called? Culottes. Women's pants. Huh? Women's pants. Yes. Yeah. Culottes. Uh, Culottes. No. There's a capri pants. Capris. The capris. Yeah. yeah, yeah like I said, capris. women's pants. No, yeah. guys shouldn't be. Culottes are a kind of like a. There are different. They're from the 70s. You'd have to look it up. He knows about that. He's old. The hell's a culotte? Culottes are like. Flowy pants yeah, that come past the knee. Yeah. They're like real baggy. Oh, Almost they're like, like gaucho pants. pants. Yeah, they're like gaucho yeah, pants, but yeah. short. But short. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd rock cool me some lots. gaucho pants for yeah. sure. No. That's, that's a much longer sentence to say it that way. Yeah. So, so um, culturally like that, you know, obviously the, the, the climate, the environment, all these wonderful things down here versus Vegas, dry desert and stuff like that. Um, but the opportunity is very different. Um, I, you know, like I said, I'm kind of semi-retired. I just sort of chill and do, don't do a whole bunch most days. Yeah. other in Maloney. And so my wife and I, we like to go up and down the coast and visit different little beach areas and drive around and eat lots of different food and stuff like that. And um, there's some nice stuff here from that perspective. But Vegas has, you know, the top 20 restaurants on the planet, yeah. you know, with all the best chefs and I'm a very much a foodie so that's an important thing for me and they have you know 150 of the best shows in the world going on there with seven different Cirque du Soleil shows just, there's always something you know, to do just create, yeah, create not only is there stuff to do but it's some of the greatest stuff in the world because the money brings in all the baloney right yeah. so not as much that here yeah you can see some silly stuff in Miami and you know what I like that it's just different yeah. it's more organic here. there's a lot more of seeing the world around you and interacting with people versus Vegas it's seeing things well if you if you feel like you need that for a minute like uh, 
Well, I know you don't, but if you if you have, if you get to the point where like part of you is missing Las yeah. Vegas, just go up to Orlando. Yeah, Orlando yeah. is very similar. Orlando is becoming more and more like Vegas. Yeah, in, in well, it's a lot more of family ways. though. Orlando's a lot more family. Uh, Vegas, yeah. Vegas went through a little spurt of that back yeah. in the late '90s, and then they're like, "What the fuck are like, we doing?" No, families don't come out to the <laughs> desert. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Back to the current things that got us popular to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there's. I agree. There's if you lived in New York or in Vegas or San Diego, Chicago, yeah. places like that. There's always something to do. There's always some little cool event, something going on. It, yeah. It's fun because my buddy lives in Chicago, and every weekend he sends videos and photos of something different. There's a hotel that every uh, like once a month they rent out the entire hotel. It becomes every floor is a different theme, That's and he's awesome. showing me video. They pop out of the elevator, walk down the hall, and there's a guy with a donkey and a Mexican hat on. And then Sounds like I've seen that show before. Yeah, no, but... And then <laughs> Who's you go wearing, to the wait, wait, wait. Who's wearing the Mexican hat? The guy the or donkey. the donkey? Oh, obviously. No, it's, okay. Yeah, I'd say, why the fuck is there a donkey in a hotel? No, it's, and every time something different. They'll have an Aquatine Hunger Force theme party. Nice. They'll have a Rick and Morty theme party. I, every, every weekend is different. Here, we got... People beating the shit out of cell phones in front of live, a couple of clubs, and fucking that's it, really. Yeah. I mean, you go to clubs. We got ultra once a year. Yeah, but yeah. look what happens when you retire. You yeah. beat up, you break cell phones. <laughs> well, you know why the the rumor is why he retired. You see that? Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that the charge, the sexual There's assault. There's a sexual assault charge, which is old, actually. It is. It's yeah, not, it's a while it's back. Not, yeah. but it, so it, what? What is that? Why would that force somebody? Because they're saying that's like him trying to uh, get out of big contracts and stuff like that and having to pay pay for it and being out of the limelight because it's different when you say former ufc champion compared to current ufc champion or you, you say retired retired UFC. right and plus his his you know his whiskey line is doing very well see well, that's what i think I, is funny they say that but so many people i hear are talking shit about it I didn't think it was half bad. I'm just I've seen some numbers on it, and that, that's what I'm talking about. I, I don't like whiskey. I think it's yeah. crap. I give a rat's ass about any of that stuff. But if it's making the money that it purported to, why would you stick with it? If you made your payday with Mayweather and you've got yeah. all this money, why like continue to get punched in thank the face? You. But like, it's you know what it doesn't though, make the, any sense. The good part is it's a genius move, even though it's for the second time. Because yes, he's making tons of money on the whiskey. He's doing all these other ventures. He's got uh, was it Maymac or Mac? Productions, whatever it is, um, you are retired. Well, now you're now you're something that you can't have because he's retired. And now it's a super him. fight. Absolutely. Now it sets up the super fight. You don't think GSP is going to take a super fight with Connor? Come on, yeah, I, th- I think GSP is done, well, which he, he should be. He should be, but the money is there for for Connor to come back, and he's going to maybe do another Nate fight. Of course he's going to do a comeback fight. It's going <laughs> to happen. If that's something that's part of the, the plan, if you will, I agree. Smart. Yeah. And, and you, a lot of people per, you know, thinking you know that's what, the case. He, he was a big, here's, he was a big um, believer and proponent of the, uh, the secret, yeah. you know, the law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he believes, him and, him and his White. girlfriend, I don't mm-hmm. think they're married. No. No, they're yet. married now. I think. No. I don't think they are. I don't think they're married. Pop out a kid or two. Yeah, yeah, she's married. She's pregnant again. Yeah. But um, they attribute everything that happened to the secret. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see like, and where you could kind of put that is like, remember when he was Mystic Mac for yeah, a minute? Yeah, yeah. He called when he knocked somebody out. Second he, round. Yeah. You know. And he would call it, and it would happen. Yeah. Is that is that coincidence or is that? 
I think I though you get to a point when you're that deep in MMA where you start seeing stuff where you know what's going to happen. Certainly, and he's an incredibly it, skilled athlete, and, yeah. and he really has a great ability to control both the distance and where the fight takes place. And, and so I think that when he looks at the fight matchups, he can sort of look at those things. But I agree with what you're saying. I don't know that there's a mystical force of manifestation from believing in something and thinking about it and placing it in front of your thoughts, but the more you do something, the more you visualize it and visualization is yeah. a big part of sports performance right teaching your nervous system both intrinsically as yeah. well as extrinsically everything you've got going on physically outside to prepare for and expect to do this thing if you've done the repetitions in training and your mind as well then you're just following through on yeah. that repetition it when you get happened. in there no no I, I, I understand you're, that you're acting instead of reacting but one time calling it one time yeah that's yeah. that's like ah oh, he caught yeah. calling it two times well he's pretty good Calling it three times. Was the second round with, uh, uh, what's his name? Eddie Alvarez. No. God. Eddie Alvarez was the first. No, that's who he won the belt with. Yeah, he was, was calling it his fights before Chad that. Chad Mendez. He said Chad. by the end of the second round, it was like 30 seconds left or 13 seconds left. Somebody took him out right then. It was like, oh, I think he was getting his he, ass yeah. whipped. Boss did that, too. <laughs> Boss did that. Boss Rudin, he's like, I want you guys to tell me when it's uh, two minutes left in the, in the round. And I'll knock him out. So sure enough, he like turns around. They're like, "Boss, two minutes." Like, okay, wham! Just like fucking beats the shit out of the guy. So liver kick. Speaking of which, you see, actually that's something. Do you see what happened with uh, with Shamrock? Oh, his dog. No. His mom's dog. Oh, it was. Yeah. I did not hear this. So news. Ken, Ken or Frank? Frank. 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 So Frank's mom was extremely ill. So he had to get to the airport. Took her dogs with him. There's two of them. One of them he could find someone. Oh, to is this watch. the one that disappeared or no, died? No, they disappeared. No, no. So one of them he managed to get someone to watch the dogs for, but the other one somebody wouldn't like. Nobody would take care of the dog. So what did he do? He chained it to the bed of his truck, left five days worth of food and water in the bowls, like in the back of the truck in the flatbed. At the airport, took off at the airport, and yeah. fucking took off. So someone found the dog sitting there. They're like, what the fuck's going on? Called the cops and everything, and they came and took the dog. What an so, idiot. Yeah, yeah, so now he's getting a world of shit, and he's coming up as with well all he should. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's Absolutely. coming up with all these excuses, like, oh, that's the best thing I could have done for that dog no. because no. now he's got, a, like, a happy home no. and all this other stuff. There's no excuse for that. No, period. man. None. You can't do that. If, if and he's crying. He's doing interviews crying and saying that it was heart-wrenching. Motherfucker, then you shouldn't have left. Don't fucking leave. Thank you. I, yeah. I, I, I would drive if that's the case. I can't take someone, take the dog, take it. But you can get a dog sitter anywhere in this fucking country. All day. That's just the way that it is. Yeah, you could hire a dog sitter. Any, no, any yeah. number of things. Yeah, it's for, and even worse, I guess it was just Florida. But now that they're trying to make uh, animal cruelty uh, a federal offense, they should. hundred yes. percent. I saw, I, I, I hate Facebook. <laughs> I hate Facebook. But Facebook loves you. Yeah. Um, because every like it's tanking hard. Though, when, when people post the animal yeah. cruelty and it pops stuff up in your feed, and you have to see that. Oh, like this. Yeah. Like, look at me. I'm a visceral yeah. reaction. Yeah. yeah. This did, puppy. Th this somebody skinned a puppy. Yeah. And it survived. Like skinned the. It's, it's terrible. I like, and like, and you know me. I'm trying to. Turn All over. All positive, and, no negative. Yeah, yeah. and I'm and, and and I'm and I'm you know and like I'm sitting there, I'm having a conversation with God. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, me, give me strength. No, I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I said, let me punish this person. 
please let me find this person who did this and so I can punish them. You know what sucks is that I met him, uh, it was a little over a month ago, right there, on January 24th. I met him. He was at the event. Yeah. Got his phone and stuff. Shamrock. Oh. Yeah. That's why I'm like, motherfucker, man. I was so happy to meet this guy. It's like, you are that big of a scumbag. Well, you you know, dogs, here's the thing. What makes dogs special is dogs are, there would be no dogs if it was not for man. Absolutely. So ma- man, dogs would all be wolves. They are a GMO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the reason they're dogs is because of us. That is why they lo- and and it's been proven that dogs love us more than they love themselves. Absolutely. Oh, you came. And my how dog. could you do anything to something I like? I don't that? understand. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, it's look. I mean, I was a dog trainer and I worked at a at a veterinarian office. And some of the yeah. stuff I saw people do. That's terrible. I mean, to see someone having to put down a puppy of a Rottweiler, maybe a year old, because someone left him out. And I remember it was. At the time, it was the the recorded hottest day in Florida of all time, all time. And they left the dog out there chained, and they come back, and obviously the dog's like oh, half wow. dead out. And they came in, they were trying to do an IV, this that, and they're like, "Sorry, we're gonna have to put down your dog." And you got, I remember seeing this dude cry. I'm like, "Motherfucker, you have no, no, just no say in this whatsoever." Like, I I told him, "You need to go. I don't give a fuck who you are. Just go." Because you can't be here. Just put that a beautiful animal, and I've seen it a bunch of times. It's it's heartbreaking to see how bad. Just some people have no respect for life. That's outside of their own little universe, in their own plane of existence. Nothing else exists, and it's stuff like that. I I hope he gets everything tenfold back at him for sure. Now here's here's this. This is a weird question. I was uh, a couple weeks ago. I was driving to driving to church actually, and I must have come across. A raccoon had just gotten hit by a car. Ugh. It was writhing in the middle oh, of the street. Man. And I'm thinking, well, I have my pistol. Yeah, yeah. Do you go? Do I go put it Can't. put it out of? That's that's because it's Can't inside the city. No, well, you're firing yeah. your your gun. If you said that it was attacking you, you could. But to pull out your gun and just shoot it? No. And I've seen it happen with, with cops on the beach with uh, nurse sharks that attack people. Like, they'll just put it out of its misery there. That's different if a cop is doing it. Sure. Why, would, you, why, why, why would they kill, kill a nurse Because shark? it was already out there in the out of the water for that long. I just... Oh, because it was so attached they dragged, to it. They dragged yeah. it out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that, I was... Shit, I was 9, 10 years old when I saw that. It was the first time I heard a gun go off in front of me. But you can't. Just sit there, take your gun out, and say, I'm putting it out of its misery. You just can't. You're firing your Well, your I gun can. Out. I'll just get in trouble. You can. You'll just get in trouble. <laughs> True. But you'll get your 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 uh, your right to own a gun taken away. That's just all there is to it. Cause you, that, that's a felony offense? You're firing your gun without uh, any lawful precedence for it. You, If I were to attack you right now, you can shoot me. Absolutely. If I was to attack him, you have the right to shoot me. If I attack him and I start running away... You can't shoot me. Right. You can't. And even if you brandish like the gun, if you had it in your pocket, say, hey, buddy, chill the fuck out. You can still go to jail for that. You still can't because now you're threatening me. I'm not technically really posing any threat. You might have felt a threat, but I'm not doing anything as a threat. You flashing it can get you in trouble. Well, I, that that I understand. But this is 
I don't like know. you're trying to like a mercy law or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like okay, so let's say. So I could stab this thing. I could take out a yeah, knife and stab 100%, 100%. it, but I can't shoot it. Correct. You could. You could sit there and stab it, like you're saying, like I'm just stabbing an animal. You might still get in trouble for animal cruelty if someone says, "Oh no, I could have saved that animal," but no, 100% you can. It's just the way. Is it now? You can actually fire at nuisance animals. Well, it wasn't with, a raccoon, right? But I think it has to be. Um, on your property or something? It has to be on your property, and you can only do it with certain calibers. You can actually own, or not own, but you can have a, a shooting Flame range. Oh, Take, Yeah, that too. Not, <laughs> you can have a shooting range in your own house in Florida. Huh? Yeah. Found that law out a couple of weeks ago. There's certain rules to it, but it's... It, called a bedroom, not a shooting range. No, no, no. Well, I'd be I like, I like, I'd be I like what Mitch Hedberg too. says. Any room could be a bedroom if you put a bed in it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, this bed, this bedroom has a, has has a stove in it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little known law, but you can have a shooting range if you have the the space for it to operate safely. Which is basically if you have like an acre, you have um, you can only have one place of residence within that piece of property, and you're not shooting anything over twenty two, and you're not shooting over a. Uh, mode of transportation like a walkway or a sidewalk or a street yeah. so if you're got an open field like two and a half acres and you're just shooting towards the back and you, it's not going over anything yeah you can shoot you have your own little private shooting range yay florida yeah i i've well I did you know did you, did you know that Dix has a arrow shooting range yeah i've used it the one in boynton yeah if you go to Bass Pro Shop, they have a gun range well, and yeah. a 3D well, arrow range. Yeah, well, that I under no, yeah. but I, they do but, courses there too. Like you can go uh, and learn. But Dix is like, you really like is, one person can fit in there at Maybe. a time. Yeah. yeah, but that's all you need because you yeah. just need a straight lane anyway, and you're just practicing to hit the target. You're not doing moving targets. They're just there to teach you technique. Yeah, but I mean, I go to my parents' house. They got two and a half acres. I'll sit there with a bow and arrow just. <laughs> Dude, as a kid, we because I lived out west, yeah. and there was no, we had no neighbors for yeah. a while. We would shoot a bow and arrow straight, yeah. straight up, and then run around like idiots. Oh, that's nice. so dangerous. Ooh, that yeah. sounds totally safe. Yeah, yeah clearly. I had, that's I had a we got we got our parents' yeah. permission. Everybody <laughs> actually shot me in the back with like a crossbow, real small bolt oh. on it, uh, real real small, but it was like four yards up from me. I'm going to actually have him watch this video, this podcast later, so you yeah. remember this, my buddy Mike. I'm out doing yard work in my yard, and all of a sudden, something hits me in the back. I thought he threw a rock at me. I'm like, did you just throw a rock at me? He's like... <laughs> was it sticking out oh, of you? It was sticking in my back, yeah. <laughs> is there a photo of this anywhere? No, it was way back before there was evidence. Oh, That's why I'm... Oh, man. <laughs> so what? What did you hit? No, it shot, stuck me in my back. Yeah, but where did it like hit on your back? Oh, I don't know. It's in the middle somewhere. It only went in a little teeny bit, like half oh, inch. Okay. Yeah, it didn't go very far. No, it was far enough. His house was, you know, three yeah. or four houses up. Where he sort of like, hey, I'm gonna shoot that direction towards Jason, and coincidentally, it hit me. <laughs> He's like, oh shit! Is that, <laughs> How does that? It's like, but what, no part of that is a good idea. No, no, no. No we, part of. Well, no, maybe I'll just scare him with it, or maybe I'll get close to him, or you know. There's no part. There's nothing that says 
you know what? Fire this crossbow. No. It's no. At BB my guns. Buddy. No. BB guns are the ones that scare me, just because I'm always afraid, like I'll shoot your eye out kind of thing. Oh, yeah. like, like I said, I, I got older in California. I didn't actually grow up. We yeah, did all kinds yeah. of stupid crap. There was nothing left in my home that was flammable or could blow up or any number of things. I stole a big chunk of sodium metal from my chemistry lab so I could, you know, throw sodium inside of water. It yeah. reacts and explodes. Hey, hey. You ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, we used to, we used Pure to sodium. Just, <laughs> you just throw it in the water. No, we used to just do it out of. Uh, out of uh, chlorine, what uh, oh. the, yeah, chlorine the bombs? acid bombs? We used to do acid bombs. That is not a smart idea. I've no, done a lot of no, those. no, no. Lots of dumb little, things. Little tin foil, little little. Don't tell people how to make it, asshole. <laughs> I don't need to fucking. Oh wait, is that illegal? Cookbook. Yeah, just <laughs> to a little say? bit. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're giving on, people directions on how to make an explosive. You can device. Google that. Let shit. them Google it, not fucking <laughs> listen to the podcast and do it. We used to do it. That's the case. I can sit there and give you tons of shit. Remember well, that? No, was, I, do you remember I, the I, anarchist cookbook? Absolutely. Remember, like, that was the gold mine when you found that when you were younger. You're like, oh my God, then all the, this great the, stuff. The thing was like, oh yeah, no, the FBI tracks them all. Right. So if you own one, they're coming down like, sure. mm, really? I'm like looking for chips in a fucking book. Like, <laughs> well, what, ha- what happens if <laughs> I <laughs> photocopy this book? <laughs> well, that's how you would buy it. That's how you would oh, buy yeah. it. And then there's copy. a bunch of stuff that they got rid of it <laughs> because like, it's not, there was full on guerrilla tactics. There's a whole documentary on it. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch it. It's pretty crazy. There's a couple of things. Do you know that, when the first guerrilla warfare started? Like the like, first war that had guerrilla warfare in it? Like Cuba and stuff? Nope. Where? Revolutionary War. Oh my. Yeah, I believe it. Good, because that was dumbass combat. Set up they had everybody line up here. Yeah, we're gonna walk yeah. over there. Like these guys are stupid. stupid. We're not doing we're that. We're not doing they that. Were, <laughs> they, were, they were still following the rules of engagement as a yeah. Tournament. No, that no, that, that. Not, not the not the Americans. It don't work that way. It's like line them up. They said, "Nope, we're gonna stand behind this tree." Exactly. You ever hear like the story of the first sniper? No, because like, they had snipers. That was the first time they had snipers, and there was a guy that was basically about to assassinate George Washington. And then there's like, no, you don't shoot a man on horseback. Oh, boo. Yeah. It's like you could have taken out the whole United States history right then and there. Well, here's here's a, a since we're on this and probably this will be one of the last things we talk about. Yeah. But did you know that the South could have won the Civil War? Uh, someone told uh, Robert E. Lee, hey, look, the the North just came here. You can go and capture Washington at Gettysburg. We could, you can go. The, the the lane is open. We can just go. Right. And Robert E. Lee's like, nah, let's crush him now. Ah. How'd that work out for him? Oops. That shit's crazy. Imagine that would have happened. That's Hindsight. A, if you look at there's so many little things where it's just that one little instant, if it played out completely yeah. different, the craziness that would have happened. Did you see, actually, total side note, did you see the... Um, the alternate universe Superman thing that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Where he's huh. like, yeah, where he's like the bad guy. It's it's Superman oh. as a little boy, but instead of becoming good, he becomes super evil. Nice. And then there's another. There's a comic book. Dark. Reason. It's called. I can't remember what it's called. I don't remember. But, but it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a really cool like it's, it's a prim- dark. The prim- it's dark. It's nice. very very dark. It's kind I'm of excited. like uh, what's the. Um, Carrie, it's kind of like Carrie meets Superman. Really? Yeah, it's really fucked up. And then there's a comic book version where they made him, where he lands in Soviet Russia instead of the U.S. <laughs> you ever seen that one? No. Yeah, yeah, there's a comic book where Superman's actually a Soviet. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, we should wrap it up, though. It's getting late. Or 
about to hit the two-hour mark. Anyway. All right, before we leave, let's let's ask Jason one last question. Uh-oh. For the jiu-jitsu athlete, other than forearm strength, what is the one exercise that every jiu-jitsu athlete should do besides grip strength? God, no, nobody's going to want to hear this. Um, kettlebell swings. Really? Heavy kettlebell swings. Let me, and let me explain that because um, you said besides grip strength, well, you're getting that. As you said before, you realize that everything you do, you know, all the different exercises, it's going to be grip strength, grip strength, strength. So you've got the grip strength aspect of swinging a kettlebell. But so much of jujitsu is the hips, right? Think about warm-ups in most places. We're doing various different hip escape movements and things of this nature. <clears throat> the hip extension movement pattern that uses the glutes and hamstrings and the erectors of the lower back and back area um, is so prevalent in your takedown defense right somebody shoots in on you for a single or double you sprawl you're extending your hips and legs backwards which is just the opposite of extending your torso upwards and that swing from the kettlebell um the same thing as if you were to grab an underhook on somebody that shot on you and try and lift them up off of you so the hip extension motion is critical to so much of what you do in jujitsu whether you're shooting for a takedown yourself and exploding from one leg position or you're defending a takedown or any number of other things somebody's in your half guard you need to you know, shrimp out of there a lot of the movement patterns that come uh, become very prevalent in jiu-jitsu deal with hip extension. So doing a kettlebell swing, oddly enough, if you're going to do something for conditioning, mm. right, strength and conditioning, and as I said before, the said principle, specific adaptation to the imposed demand, try and do things that as closely mimic movement patterns that you'll find in the thing you want to be better at. And so because there are so many things in jiu-jitsu that occur in that kind of emotion and explosively in that kind of motion specifically, why not have the activity that you're doing for strength conditioning be a kettlebell swing in this case or a dumbbell swing, same type of thing. But right. You can use, um, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck, if you will, by doing an exercise like that. What about um, the Bulgarian bag? It's just, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a weight. I mean, a sandbag, a medicine ball, Bulgarian yeah. bag, a big bag of turds, whatever you want. The, the thing that you use, it's, it's about having a load, a weight. Right. Right. And preferably an awkward one. I don't like perfect handles and stuff. You know, if you yeah. can get a medicine ball and do a swing with that, use a Bulgarian bag for swings also. Any number of things that are awkward because human bodies are awkward. Whether they have a mm -hmm. gi on or not, they're mm -hmm. awkward. And so we have to learn, preferably, to be able to grip and or move things that aren't perfectly aligned and balanced like a barbell or a dumbbell right. or some of those types of things that would be a preferred modality so a bulgarian bag it might be an option but it is not magic per right, se. Right, right. you hear that on it start making kettlebells instead right. of handles have feet and wrists yes coming out of them you already got monkey Just heads and other stuff let's yeah, put right. some hands on those bad dogs well it's funny because i i have the the um <clears throat> the scramble grip sleeves yeah so I'll use I have that. them too at the gym. I do everything as much as I can with them. Yeah. So I'll do the the Jefferson curls with them for my back. Uh -huh. I'll do deadlifts with them. I'll do um, any like back exercise. Certainly rows, just, things yeah. of that nature. You betcha. That's a great option. We talked about it earlier. It helps you to be better at your grip strength, specifically to the gi utilization, right? But also it modifies the movement patterns closer to what you would experience. Because if you think about it, using like a neutral grip handle on a seated row yeah. where your hands are like this. You're really not grabbing people like that typically. You're going to be grabbing a wrist this way. Yeah. So your wrist is in a different position. You're using different muscles in your forearms and your biceps and the shoulders to move that pattern. So why not become better at that pattern because of the way that you train also? It's funny because you just reminded me too. There is a, a barbell uh, attachment that you can get. And I saw this years ago where instead of, let's say if the barbell is like this, 
you put it on there and fat it's grips? the fat grips yeah, yeah fat grips yeah and you can sit there and bench with that yeah so i might have to snag some of those mm, up and start i don't working. think that, i don't think that would help you at it i try <laughs> no no I'm, I'm i'm not being funny no for but a, i don't think on a on a press not, not on a press, press but on i'm a, saying on a in pulling general. or rowing yeah. motion yes because think about this wrist control is critical yeah. especially when you're no gi right so the size of the wrist versus like a barbell dumbbell yeah. they're not the same unless you got a really I'm skinny ass person to look at them. so it becomes viable for that yeah. because Gripping here with your hand that wide requires totally different length of muscle inside the yeah. forearm versus here, especially yeah. when you can close here, your thumb around. Here, I can around. sit there and just cup it and just hook it, and I can stay have here. You had, have you ever gotten forearm, like, like uh, where it just dies? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. I, my, so right before the year I won the Worlds, the, uh, the match, the last match, that I had before the finals, the third it was a third match. I couldn't. I had the lapel out, like you know how uh-huh. you pull the lapel out. I couldn't. Couldn't even hold it. I couldn't close my hand more yeah. than this. Yeah. On that last well, match, it's happened to you at like yeah. another tournament. I remember I was, I was like, like helping you out, and and I had to have at that one. I had to have Tracy massage it out. Massage yeah. it out. My yep. wife massaged it out, and then I was able to do the finals. Yep. But I I couldn't like it was like. I don't know why I'm holding this. I'm not holding it. Yeah. Like it was basically. I may be having a heart attack. <laughs> I don't know what's arm? going on. My forearms just did you literally see, stopped working. Did you yeah. see the guy that was competing at the Seoul Open, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Open? There's a video out there. This guy, With very beginning. Yeah. Oh, oh I saw. It. I just watched that before I came over here. He's holding on to the grip, and the guy just went in wrist lock wrist right away. Right off the bat. And he's just, he held it, held it, held it. And then next thing you know, you just see his arm. Yeah. His he didn't realize wrist he got out of the wrist lock. The... He moves, and his hand is just sort of spinning around on the wrist. Yeah. Just, wee. Yeah, it's literally like it's just free floating. Around. You could tell whatever. it was bad news. No idea. He's like, I just can't grip with it for whatever reason. <laughs> then he finally somehow gets the guy in side control, and he's sitting there. And he sees his hand. And he looks. Looks down, it's like something on my fucking wrist. <laughs> like, my hand's not moving, and it's kind of floppy. And you see him adjust it, pops back in, pop it back in, and then keep going. He lost by an advantage. Crazy! Wow! Crazy. And that was absolute. big ups to that yeah. dude in the yeah. absolute. Yeah, I thought it was a badass because I had my finger dislocated during yeah. the match. I'm like, Ooh, let's let that back in so <laughs> yeah. I don't get stopped, right? Man, so shout out to that guy. Um, so. Anybody wants to follow you, get some more advice, where can they find you? No way, man. I'm not giving you my DNA. It's not yeah. happening. Uh, All right. I, you know, I spend most of my time, if, as far as social media is concerned, yeah. on Facebook. Um, I just That's where I'm, I'm an old guy, so that's right. the social media of my so time. So we're not sharing that. Yeah. So, oh, no, Jason Parsons. Just look me on there. You can't miss me on there. I got the big beard. It's beautiful now. Um, uh, Jason M. Parsons on uh, Twitter also. I spend some time on there. Cool. Um, but other than that. You don't do the IG, I take it. No, uh, it's just I don't. I'm it's ugly. Nice I don't take good pictures, man. That's my wife. She's the she's the pretty thing in the house. It ain't me. See, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, Jason, thank you very much for doing this. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Um, everybody, check out the new shirt. Shut the fuck up and roll. That's uh, available. The links on our Instagram. No, it's a stiffu. Stiffu. Stiffu and roll. Stiffu and roll. Oh, we could call it that. I call it stiffu and roll. People are asking, what the fuck does that mean? Pick up the shirt, support the podcast, follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. follow me at Sonder Marketing, or you can follow the podcast Jiu-Jitsu Radio on Instagram. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, all over the place. Don't YouTube. forget YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. There's going to be a couple of burn videos that I'm going to put up there. I got some people I got to scold. <laughs> That's going to be pretty fun to, to put together. Shout out to all of our sponsors, Choke Aloha, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co., Giraffe Choke, and Nomad. Thank you guys for the support, and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace. Peace.